for recording now. Okay, you ready? Yes. Three, two, one. It's the, the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Pencil in the Stone Roundtable podcast episode. I am here with our writers of our spooky stories just in time for Christmas. <laughs> I have here Connery Hansen, writer of It Has Teeth. Hello, everyone. Lupe Cornejo, writer of Halloween Night. Hi. Or Halloween Nite. Yes. And Victor Guzman, writer of The Painting. Hello. And PBJ, writer of Willow Springs. Hello, hello. And me, Jacob Adia, <laughs> writer of Paranormetics. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being here. First of all, you all wrote very great, compelling and thrilling and frankly, very scary stories that I've only heard nothing but good things about, Yay. at least to my face. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very proud of all of you. And thank you all for joining me in that project and for joining me here. Let's get right into... My nice little roundtable questions for you guys. I'll go ahead and lead them. All right. So my first question of the night is, Connery, what do you love about horror thrillers? Horror slash thrillers. Uh, what do I love about horrors and indoor thrillers? I always love monsters a lot. I have, That's been true to me for my entire existence. I love monsters. I mean, it's pretty obvious from the thing I wrote in general where it has to do with a big monster. So, yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess monsters. I like the supernatural a lot. I've always been a been a big fan of like things outside of the norm existing because I think that puts a little bit more miracles into the world. I find this there's this uh, sad quote where it's like there are no more monsters for them or no more shadows left for them to hide in. Which I'm mm. like, that's oddly poignant and very very deeply upsetting to me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I guess that's my answer. There you go. Like a dark miracle sort of thing. Yeah, like a dark miracle. Miracles like, nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, wow, there must be something fantastic doing something <laughs> if that exists. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah, monsters have always been your staple. And you, I've always loved your stories with monsters. Mm -hmm. And you have a really great imagination when it comes to them. Like, Thank I'm you. always consulting you and I want to do something with monsters. So, yeah. I really enjoyed the monster in your story, by the way. Thank it you, was Victor. like very, yeah. Right at my alley. I loved your story, too. It was so super cool. I, I loved the painting thing so much. It was mm. so creepy. And I love the whisper thing you did so much, too. I was like... Thank you. I was on... I know we're sidetracking already. No, no, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, sidetrack all you want. But I was flow. just like... I was, I was, I was really, really impressed. I'm just going to tell you that. Like, seriously, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, I was like, where the fuck is this? Why isn't he doing this more? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of that, well, to be fair, like Jacob, first of all, thank you because this was like the first creative thing I wrote in like over like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just been doing like grad school stuff like up until that point or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I haven't really had my teeth kind of like do anything like sort of creative. And then when this came up, like I really wanted to sit on something that like I hadn't done in quite a bit and like. Horror has always sort of been like a bread and butter for me in terms of like just storytelling and like creative stuff. So oh, yeah. it was nice to kind of like just jump into that and kind of like really do something with that. So nice. 
The freakiness of the whispers. I had a pause for a second. Am I hearing voices? Like, is that me? I mean, well, because the way that the way that I ended up writing the story, like, um, it was very sort of like kind of stream of conscious, and also like I have like I love, especially like with like uh, horror stories that I love, like uh, the stories I like to read. Um, mm-hmm. they do something very cool with those, with sort of like the text in terms of the way that they play around with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read, um. American Psycho, like the the actual like novel of it, there's like an entire like just like chapter where it's literally just like just like random words kind of like just strung together in a very like disgusting like very creepy sort of like context. Uh, oh. So those are the things like from a narrative standpoint, like just in terms of like just like the written sort of medium, like what I enjoy. And I kind of like wrote a little bit of that into sort of like the story when I was writing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt the best way to sort of like couldn't do that was just to kind of do the best I could in terms of like those like little whispers and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, right. that was kind of where that came from. Yeah, it was, oh, it was very effective. I did what I could in editing to make it like as amplified, but still like under the ear, like as eerie as possible to help because the way you were reading it was pulling it off really well. Thank you. It was creeping me out when I was in here while you were reading it. <laughs> I was like, oh damn, never heard him talk like this before. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I try. I try. Well, you gave me an assignment. I tried to do the assignment to the best of my abilities. So. Yeah. Like, you know, I was, I wanted to invite people to write scary stories and I know you love horror so much and I knew you would love this. So I definitely wanted to see like what you would come up with, what you would come up what would you would come up with for us and it was great so thank you for that oh well i mean like again like i will like i told connery like the thing i enjoyed about his story is like it's so very sort of like up my alley in terms like the stuff that i enjoy about horror which is like Mm -hmm. the unknown sort of aspect and just sort of like the fact that like there's the stuff that's out of your periphery and scope of control like those Mm -hmm. are the things that terrify me the most Mm -hmm. but at the same time i find myself gravitated towards those things mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's like one of those things where like uh the thing that i like enjoy so much about the genre is like it gives you the opportunity to sort of like explore conventions ideas structures and stuff like that and the freedom to be able to kind of like flip that on its head or kind of like prod that or see like where that gets goes or where mm-hmm. that warps like those are the things that kind of like just like intrigue me the most and mm-hmm. you know with connery's story like i love not knowing a thing and not knowing where it comes from or why it's there or why it's tormenting this specific person or place. Mm-hmm. Those are always the best because the mm-hmm. less you know, the more horrifying it is. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Too. I, I really wanted to get that across. It's mm-hmm. just like this. It's uh, the idea of like this group of people being punished for like absolutely no reason. Yeah. Where it's like, that's what's scary and like upsetting. <laughs> it's like they, they didn't do anything. They didn't open a book. They didn't. I don't know, run over a dog. They didn't like do anything to deserve it. And yet here they are having to live through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. That's really scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Lupe, what do you love about horror slash thrillers? Um, well, with thrillers, I really love the emotion of like, you don't know what's going to happen next. And, you know, thriller gives you that like, oh shit, you know, like is the killer going to pop up or anything, you know? But horror, ironically, I have always hated horror. <laughs> like Halloween, I used to always, like not the series, like the holiday, was super afraid of it. The only reason I loved it was because of candy. <laughs> um, but I think my love of like supernatural stuff kind of like had me embrace horror, which I really enjoyed. And for me, like what creeps me out is definitely like things that you don't have like 
the circumstances to like change. It's like, you know, it's just like bad luck of like when something happens. So that's why for me, why I went for like a serial killer like thing, because sometimes you just happen to be the prey that they see you and it's like you can't do anything about it, you know, and that's that's fucking scary for me, you know, it is terrifying. I mean, that just goes back to like the very first Halloween and like the first like Halloween film. And that's what made it so effective. Exactly. You don't know what it is that pulled Michael towards Lori and the girls. It just was. And yeah yeah that's that's super creepy like stuff like that creeps me out like it's it's spooky you know (laughs) but i also like i do like the fact that like you know like even if the scary stuff wasn't what reeled you in the supernatural aspect and i love the fact that like that is completely separate from horror because i think Mm. so often the issue with like the genres or whatever it's like you know the monster itself or like the spooky like the the supernatural things are what makes it terrifying and it's not it's the context and what you put him in or how that is sort of like being used or expressed. That's what gives it the terror. Because otherwise, it's a fairy tale or a story. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's one of the things that, like, Guillermo del Toro is one of my favorite filmmakers and storytellers. And I think one of the reasons why is because he walks that line so well in terms of, like, just, like, the way that he sort of builds his stories and the way that he sort of, like, creates and uses those worlds. And yeah, like he's that. a true master at that. Like, yeah. That, that, like, literally, when people say horror and throw him, I'm like, it's Guillermo del Toro. He's the one who does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the Guillermo del Toro fan club over here. Literally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you wanted to add, Lupe? Um, I'm just a very emotional person. So anything <laughs> with intense emotion, like I enjoy. So yeah. even though fear, it's a very negative emotion, it's still very intense. And Invigorating I, in a way. Yeah, it kind of like... I mean, I know I'm a masochist, but like, <laughs> you know, yes. like just when you feel that adrenaline and stuff, it sometimes it feels good. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I feel like that, but that's like with every genre of like story to like every movie or whatever. It's like they evokes different like humor. Well, or yeah, like different that's like why. Feelings that's that's why in terms of yeah. this question, I'm like, that's why I like it, you know, because it's like it frightens me, you know, like I hated horror. Like I remember as a kid with my anxiety, like I watched a lot of movies that I should not have watched as a kid. <laughs> And it's like my imagination was running wild and, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like fucking scared in my bed and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I shouldn't have watched scary movies. And then here I am, like, you know, like a film, like wannabe film, not wannabe filmmaker, but, you know, <laughs> like uh, aspiring filmmaker and I enjoy horror films, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very much. You grew. Yeah. Very much. You so. defeated Halloween too. I did. Boom. I can watch those movies without yeah. being super scared. Mm-hmm. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Victor, do you want anything to add? Um, again, just the, the the other thing I like about this like horror, it's like it's sort of like a very good sort of like catch all like peanut butter in terms of like mixing genres and tones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's very like endemic of like just the stories that we ended up coming up with here because mm-hmm. you know Connery and I went for straight terror like eldritch horror for yeah. ours, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I love that you guys had like so like a bunch of different like flavors like to yours like yeah like yours like a sketch lupe and then like janine yeah. you wrote this whole like small town like <laughs> mystery movie it, that really was very it. moving and very romantic as mm-hmm. well too like that's i love that so it's it was nice to like have like just like especially like because you don't have like romance stories with the context of like terror and horns of like that like as often so it was nice yeah. to have that as well yeah for sure. Yeah, that's because I don't like scary movies <laughs> or scary stories. Well, speaking of which, is there anything that you do like about the genre of horror or thriller? A PBJ? I, I really, really do not. So I think like Lupe, I was exposed to a lot of scary movies at a young age. 
And that like triggered a lot of anxiety <sighs> and like, like I hate Chucky. And, no one likes him. And I remember this one time Just a, a friend out of a joke like brought a Chucky dog. Oh, like, yeah. And I was like, no, like this is freaky. Yeah. And then I remember seeing that movie, um, The 13 Ghosts. Like, oh, oh yeah, oh, 13 Where it's like they're, they're stuck in a glass. Like I remember that movie so well just because of how freaking scary it was. Um, so yeah, I, I hate horror movies. I hate scary stories. I hate everything. So when I was, I, <laughs> I, listened, I listened to your guys' stories because I love you guys. Oh. And I wrote the scary story because I love this guy. <laughs> so I was just very like, okay, what is my worst fear, right? And so I, I'm thinking in my sense, like, this is like what I would hate, right? Yeah. Um, and I actually had written this story like a long time ago in high school. So oh. it was very like, but I revamped it because Jacob was like, oh, just go find it. And I'm like, I'm going to find it. Like, <laughs> I can't actually is my school loop like i have no idea where the story is like filed under or like what computer is in mm-hmm. so i was like let me just rewrite it from what i remember yeah you had the bones and then yeah so yeah. i was like yeah it was like around this thing but i remember listening to your guys's story and pausing and like taking like a little like listening to like little children's music and then coming back to it <laughs> i'm very sorry specifically with the like with the painting one yeah. i was listening to it on the freeway and i was thinking like am i fucking hearing voices like, I'm so like i'm like pausing it and like okay no i don't hear voices so i'm fine okay i'm pushing playback no victor that was um, good that was yeah. like that was like the no sleep podcast level stuff where i was like <laughs> and your voice is so good dude like yes, i'm not even joking yes. with you man that's all D, man <laughs> Yeah. It's practicing a bunch of different voices, a bunch of characters I'm never gonna play. <laughs> it was just scary for me, but um, but I'm I did enjoy it. Sorry. It's okay, it's okay. It was good, and I appreciate it. And I was like, this is as far as I'll go to it. <laughs> but I, I also love that, like you know, like uh, for you and for like Lupe, you know, the for like especially for you guys when like you guys were introduced to horror or whatever, like you know, it was one of those things where like it was so terrifying and filled you so anxiety that yeah. you kind of like <laughs> yeah. went away from. It. And for me, it was the opposite. Not in the fact that like I was ter- like I'm I was terrified of everything that I saw when mm. I was a kid and mm. I would be constant like just nervous wreck. I will say mm. though that I'm not afraid of going to like Universal Studios or no. like you know yeah. cuz it's like I know it's You know fake. them not real. So Jacob's like, "Well, how do you not know the TV's like like the movie film is fake?" And I was yeah. like, "But it's different." I was like, "The only thing scary there is like they probably have like bad like labor unions and they're okay. <laughs> yes i can't to that like this is what's wrong that's what's scary there um, but I, I and that's interesting because i think for me it's sort of like the things that terrify the me the most aren't things that i'm gonna find in a horror movie or anything like that because i know at the end of it mm-hmm. it's all fiction and fabricated yeah the real world is what terrifies me more than anything else well, because it's going, going on to the real like world yeah. see most of the scary movies that i would see was because i had older cousins and that you know i was like the little like younger kid that was like oh i want to hang out with my cousins and this and that and then they'd be like no you don't want to watch this movie and then we watch it and i'm like clearly scared and instead of like comforting me and be like oh you see that that was a true story that's gonna happen that happened here and shit like that and it's like you know your older cousins are like you believe that yeah (laughs) so i was so scared like i know this apartment complex that i uh my grandma lived in and she would take care of us like the kids around would be like, oh, you see that house up the hill? That's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Right? Wasn't well, connecting Texas, you know, right. California. So, like, my grandma's house, like, the apartment would, like, had a big window in the living room and, like, the little basketball courtyard and then, like, empty hill and then the house was up there. And, like, at dark, like, when it was night, it got really dark, so I'd get super scared because I thought it was real. Like, Aww. I couldn't, like, because I was so gullible and they'd tell me, oh, even though it's a movie, it's real. Or sometimes, like, the two 
2005 Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it was like this is based on a true story and then they show the cops and everything like a lot of the films back then like we're trying to go for like we're real like Blair Witch so it's like like <laughs> back then it's like fuck it was easy to believe that this shit was real everyone thought paranormal activity was real for yeah, a long that's yeah. That one too, <laughs> yeah. the I, very first I time still I thought saw it was real <laughs> <laughs> until now <laughs> no, that's not real oh okay Janine there's like nine of those that's not that's okay, not okay, real okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I saw Blair Witch with you guys Connery, I saw it with Tyler and Lily for sure. Were you there when you watched it? No. I don't know. Possibly. Either way, it was the first time I had seen it. And, you know, compared to today, it was, you know, it's kind of schlocky and it's, Mm -hmm. and it's like, not to insult it, but it feels like kind of cheap. But it's still. Because it was cheap. It was. I'm not insulting anybody. But yeah, it just felt like it, I guess. But you know what I mean? But still. It was very creepy and very eerie, and I was very impressed, like, how well the movie still made me feel creeped out. And so I guess I could go into how, if I like, why I like horror genre is pretty much definitely what everybody here said, Um, very much along the lines of what Lupe and PBJ said about (laughs) horror. Like, when I was little... Horror terrified me. I did not like watching innocent people dying and like no repercussions for the person that was doing it or the scary imagery. It was just too much for me. I would see clips of The Exorcist, like my family would be watching in the front room and then I see Reagan flipping out and I'd be like, oh my God. And then I'd be like, I'm never watching that. I'm never watching that. Why do you guys like that stuff? You guys are crazy. (laughs) And, And, you know, I got older and avoided horror just adamantly and then it wasn't until college when i met all my friends including lupe and then everybody we decided to go to horror nights and that was going to be the first time i was going to go and i'm like oh god didn't they drag you to see a movie too no no you guys went i didn't go because i was still afraid of horror movies (laughs) i was there there was a time where they were trying to saw the exorcist for the first time yes yeah well that was yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. That was when I was sat down and saw it at the new bed. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. yeah. Oh, you saw it at the new bed. It was nice. the director's cut too. Yeah, nice. Um, but Extra long devil scenes. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is actually the better one because I saw the regular version not too long ago, and I'm like, wait, where's all this the good stuff? Where's <laughs> the good stuff? And I'm saying that now. It's like what I'm kind of like saying is, for I I wanted to go with my new friends to horror nights. I didn't want to wimp out. Mm-hmm. And so I bought, I bought the bullet <laughs> and I went with them. That ended up being one of the funnest nights of my life. Aww. And so from there, I was slowly, slowly becoming more accustomed to horror and opening myself up to, to more horror movies that I could handle. Like I saw The Shining, I saw Psycho and just... And then eventually now I've gotten to the point where, yeah, I love horror because it's very imaginative and it's very creative. And there's so many um, cinematic, uh, what's the word? There's so many, you know, uh, feats that were achieved in cinema because of a horror genre like Evil Dead, the stuff they did in there. And Mm -hmm. The Exorcist, how it's made this huge legacy where all these horror movies are basically trying to be The Exorcist. But like I, to me, it doesn't beat them. And like Exorcist too. Exactly. Like Exorcist <laughs> too. Exorcist. Exorcist. Echo Loisist too. Yes, that one. <laughs> but yeah, just I just love horror. Invites so much imagination and creativity because there's so many great creative horror movies like It Follows and Hush and uh, 
lights out and so that one talk to me talk to me and that one with the blind guy Oh. oh, oh my God! No, that one's that one's creeping in a different way. Right. Well, he's right. the one who hunts the people. Don't right? breathe. Yeah. yeah. Don't, breathe. Don't breathe. That one's fucked. Yeah. That one is messed. The sequel they kind of made into like an action movie, right? Like these like home invaders are trying to take his house, and then it just becomes like an R-rated horror Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like I don't want him to be seen as any kind of action hero. Right. He's a disgusting, oh, no. horrible man. That's what that trailer looked like. Yeah. Me, and I'm like, I thought this was a horror movie. But, but he's yeah. not a hero. Second movie, he's not a hero. <laughs> he's not a hero. Not sympathetic. <laughs> Horror is a great creative grounds, and I always invite people to like be open minded to horror but you know there's just some things we can't watch like i can't watch the hostile movies well, i can't watch the saw movies i mean on it like and that's i think the other thing too it's like the the, the good thing about the genre is there's so many different avenues and entries into it and there's yeah, exactly. a bunch of different like levels and tiers that you can go or whatever like evil dead is one of my favorite horror genres but because of like it's gratuitously violent, yeah. but it's almost cartoonish in a way. So, like, it's yeah. palatable. That's what Were I you thought. there when I called it beautiful in a disgusting way? Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then in that same yeah. franchise, like, because uh, we were talking on the uh, the franchise yeah, yeah. Uh, about the Evil Dead reboot. Shameless um, plug. Yeah, shameless <laughs> plug. Uh, franchise. Go watch. Go listen. Uh, but yeah, on that, we were talking bad. about how like that film was like much more grounded and much yeah. more like a. Uh, serious mm-hmm. horror film and for that reason it was a lot more harder to watch and sit through because mm-hmm. of how much oh so you were on 2013 2013 was brutal yeah yeah, yeah like i did not want to see that movie at all no it was it's mm-hmm. a lot it's, yeah. a, it's a lot, lot. like yeah. even for me like i enjoyed it but like i can't revisit that movie because of how much is in it and it's, it's like <laughs> and then there are other films too where it's sort of like uh hostel is something that's palatable enough to me and the fact that like I understand the context of it. Mm-hmm. Green Inferno, I can't rewatch because I saw it once and it kind of made me sick. Oh, right. Yeah. I heard that uh, one's crazy too. Terrifier 2, I was only able to sit through for the main character. Um, but other, yeah, the 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 girl, uh, Lauren Levera's uh. character. Yeah, but I can't... That was a lot. And that's not nearly as bloody as like the Evil Dead movies are, but like it's just the context and like the gore of it. It's a lot. What's that other Eli Roth movie with uh, Patrick Stewart? <sighs> Which one was that one? That was um, Green Room. Green Room. That's Eli Roth. Oh I, no, no, that's no. not Green Room. Uh, the um, Green Inferno. Uh, yeah, wait, gr- no. I didn't say Green Inferno, but I was like, didn't he? Did he yeah, have, Green he Room. Green Room. Yeah, Green Room. Green yeah. Room is um, that's I forget who. Did that one the same one that did Blue Ruin? Uh, oh, somebody Jeremy Saulnier, I think. Right. I totally thought yeah. it was Eli Roth for the longest time. No, but that movie's <laughs> crazy too. Yeah, I like that one, but for yeah. different reasons. Like again, it's like the good thing about horror is like you're able to approach it from a bunch of different ways, and you're able to kind of like add a, like a bunch of different styles and stuff to it. And you know, no horror film is similar to the other. Like Halloween is a different level from The Exorcist. You can't compare the two because they're completely different, like, cuisines, basically. So it's, like, in that regard, I think that, like, especially for, like, storytellers and, like, filmmakers going into filmmaking, horror is a very good sort of, like, genre to kind of, like, really get a foot ground in in terms of just, like, well, first resources because horror films are always cheap so to make. cheap, yeah. Horrendously cheap to make. That's where the creativity comes in. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, because of that, you have to think outside the box in terms of like what you're able to do with whatever story you have or whatever elements that you have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a fertile ground for just like creative storytelling. And then, you know, the symbolism and the things that you can do with it because you can go a bunch of different directions with it. Like you can go straight terror. You can go action horror. You can make something more 
soft and a little bit more on the romantic side of things, like BBJ yeah. did. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> quite romantic. Quite romantic indeed. But we're kind of going to take a 180 here. Okay. Oh. And uh, Connery, what don't you like about horror? We kind of all, all kind of mentioned it, but... Yeah, I, I really don't like, like, gratuitous, like, blood and violence. Right. If there's, like, a really, like... I think we, we, t- we talked about this on Evil Dead 2013, me and Victor and Tyler. Yeah. And uh, I really don't like 2013 because it's so, like mean like violent mm-hmm. where it's like yes it like it revels in like how much like everybody's going through and like mm-hmm. the the horrible sights it puts you through and you're just like oh boy i like i've always like, i didn't have to watch this i'd probably turn it off <laughs> but but when it, when it gets to a certain point or like i have like a line i think either like there's it's like so much gore it's funny or like <laughs> Or like less, and it's like okay, cool. But there's like this really like middle ground area where I where mm-hmm. it becomes too much for me for some reason. It's like the context, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like like I don't want to see the girl like trying to cut her arm off with a turkey cutter thing, like yeah. electronic turkey cutter. Like that's horrifying. And see it like dangle there. Like I, I just think that's really nasty. So and that's the thing. A lot, a lot of the horror stories I even listen to on different like podcasts where I'm like. If you're being gross, I don't really want to hear it or like mm-hmm. have it much to do with it. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, if it's like leading to something, like I can like carry this, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like you're being gross with some, but I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you're, the whole point of this is to be gross. And it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't need that. Not to say Evil Dead's point is to be gross, but which it isn't, but especially 2013's point isn't to be gross, but. It's it ended a up, lot. It ended up being gross. Yeah, it just has that like that <laughs> realism yeah. for me that they stay so like closely guarded to that it feels mm-hmm. like wow that looks as painful and horrible as it probably would be to see and happen in reality. So yeah, mm-hmm. no, I totally agree. Lupe, what don't you like about I, horror? Um, I definitely agree with Connery. Um, more so, I don't want to say unnecessary gore because I know with horror, just because it's like. There's so many things that frighten people that you can kind of come up with the story. So like for uh, October this month, I not this month, but this year, I mean, I tried watching a scary movie for every year and I just saw it every, every day <laughs> and I watched uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Whoa. Ooh, yeah. Ugh. And that was a really, really hard watch. And it was most of the stuff I was like, do they really need to be doing this? Like mm-hmm. the turtle scene. I, mm-hmm. I was like almost crying. And then I found out that that was real. <gasps> yeah. yeah. And it was just so bad. And like, I know what they were trying to do where it was like, who are like the colonization of the natives. And they were trying to say these native people were bad because they killed all these people, like the documentary people. But they show that the documentary people were the real like bad people. They show like, I think there's like two scenes of rape or a few. And it's just like, I, it's just so like, uh, it's like, that's the thing about horror is that it could cross a line. And just as Connery said, and it's like, do we really need to be watching it? And it's like, in the context, I'm like, I get it. But at the same time, does it really need to be depicted? Like, cause real life is already creepy as it is. There's people who already like mm-hmm. are living like nightmare lives. And it's like film and storytelling is kind of like an escape, like way to like forget about that. And it's like, fuck, they're reminded about it in this like horror thing. And it's like, yeah. it sucks. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing I don't like about the genre is that sometimes it gets too real. Mm-hmm. Victor, what don't you like about horror? I mean, let's see if you can give us an answer. <laughs> honestly, no. Honestly, it's it's a lot more basically like what everyone else sort of said. It's like it's, mm. you know, I think 
the the ish, the problem is with the genre is like a lot of it is meant to challenge uh especially like sort of like social sort of like stuff like that like it's meant to be taboo it's meant to like ca- challenge a lot of like these things or whatever and the problem with it is like you know it's going to get to a point where like especially for like other films where like the po- or stories where like the point of it is to shock and scare it gets gratuitous to the point that it kind of like loses context uh, for me like the films and the stories that i gravitate towards are the films that are reflective or say something meaningful or reflective of whatever the place or whatever that it's at like um one of my favorite films of all time i kind of mentioned this a little bit briefly to you guys was uh night living dead i saw it when i was a little child and it disturbed the crap out of me um for a bunch of different reasons like it was like you know up until that point i'd seen like a bunch of black and white 50s movies and they're all campy cliche sort of like monster movies like or whatever like there wasn't like anything like to fill me with that kind of dread until that movie came on and because it starts off in very much the same vein and then it turns into something different that is a very impressionable thing to watch as a kid but i think older getting older and understanding the context of that movie and understanding the context of where it comes from you know the backdrop of everything else like you know it was made in the 1960s during the counterculture like you know revolution there was a lot of like racial and social justice injustice and inequity going on and a lot of the film is a very deep reflection of that you know it's one of those things where it's like uh, the horror genre has the opportunity to be profound and say a lot of things especially about society and sort of like have that like a black mirror as it were you know to a lot of those things but the problem with it is like would there are some films where like obviously the point of or some stories where like the point of it is to be shocking and gross and scary and it's like there's going to be an audience for that. They're going to gravitate towards that, but that's not something that like is for everyone. And it's really not for me either. Like, um, again, like the thing that draws me into it is again, it's the narrative and the storytelling element of it. And like what you're able to say or what you're able to kind of like, you know, express about a place or a time or people and stuff like that, or a society. And if it's lacking those, then, uh, I don't care for it. Yeah. I feel like it's, uh, the uh whenever people say like oh that's the point of the gratuity it's supposed to like make it it feels what's that word the uh, where it's not a red herring it's a red something red though. flag not yeah red <laughs> flag too <laughs> it's like a cop out that's what i mean uh, like, yeah okay you're trying to use art for your own yeah. satisfaction it's like Typically, in my opinion, sometimes mm. usually bullshit. Uh, PBJ, well, you kind of already told us, but if you'd like to expand more on why you don't like horror, reiterate. <laughs> reiterate. I mean, yeah, I think the only, I guess I, I do like Halloween movies, but like the nice little Halloween movies. Mm. Um, I do like Twilight, but that's not like a hey, hey, hey. You like the scary godmother. I like the, I guess so. I guess, I this, guess so. In some ways, yes, but, um, I think that the things that I really do not like are like anything that has to deal with like possessions, right? Oh. Or like 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 specific like the exorcist or anything with like the Ouija rope, like the Ouija. No board. Pope's exorcist for you. Yeah, no, because like <laughs> it's, like I'm really Catholic, so I was like, I got a priest like in my phone that I can call right now. So it's like you shouldn't you be scared at all. You can't touch this. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I feel like the people that are the most sort of like. Really? That gravitate the most toward the exorcist are either practicing Catholics or like like uh, lapsed Catholics that just like love to gravitate towards that because of it just how like much it walks that line. I don't know. Yeah, I will say this: like my mom used to have a friend, and her daughter, my 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 mom's friend's 
would say that her daughter was possessed. But I was like, no, she's probably just like schizophrenic or something. So I think that's where like a fear came in. Like, oh, and the the lady would say like, no, she's really possessed. Like she's still like the daughter's still sick. She's in a still in a mental. <laughs> I'm assuming she's still possessed because nobody nobody has got over. Um, oh, damn. What is it, Father Rodrigo? <laughs> Father Rodriguez. Rodriguez. has not gone. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that, that freaked me out because like, I remember she had an episode and like, mm-hmm. when, especially like in the Latino community, you have this lack of awareness of mental health issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, like she just probably had a severely like bad mental health case. You would probably really hate the taking of Deborah Logan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make a note not to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I'll watch it. No, that's what we what yeah. would be the freakiest for me. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Possession movies is like a hard no for me. Like my brothers <laughs> have been trying to get me and I'm like, dude, no, because like those were the ones that would keep me up at night because I went to Catholic school. There you go. You yeah. know, so I had that in my head of like, you know, like anything could happen. And then like I've been recently remind like remembering a lot of my childhood memories mm. and I remember hearing a lot of stuff. And like even now recently, I'm like I'm hearing stuff in my room and I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. You know, so it's like I don't want to watch movies. You might to be a like, connected to Lupe. I've been told that, like, <laughs> literally, like I've been at work because stuff like there's a ghost in our little pantry and like it throws stuff, and all the time I'm always around it. And <laughs> someone was like, so "You're probably sensitive to that." And I'm like, "Don't tell me this." <laughs> so yes, I don't, so I don't, I don't want to watch any possession movies because I'm like, I ain't trying to be possessed. You know, so I ain't trying to manifest it either. <laughs> yeah. Lupe, that ghost would be so sad. It's stuck in Universal. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's a little kid too. I think it's a little oh, girl. Hell no. Yeah. But I'm like, nope. Anytime I'm alone there, I'm like, nope. I'm too short for the Simpsons, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what the Simpsons is. <laughs> Where's that back I'm to from the future? So, oh my god! Something I was actually thinking about in this regard because I realized that like possession movies in particular are like films that like really like especially for like the latino community where like like especially if you come from like a very strict catholic household or whatever like mm-hmm. it hits differently but i think taking it uh, like a, a deeper it's like more of like a psychoanalytic dive to it i think the thing that like is the most terrifying about possession movies is the fact that like you know in other movies or whatever like there's a way to sort of like combat the thing or whatever like yeah for a slasher mm-hmm. it's like you know, you know Michael Myers. You just gotta like hit him with a car or something like that, or which you just <laughs> well, kick him. Technically, he'll come back <laughs> to life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That never works. But but well, yeah, because they have to keep but the franchise going. I know where going. you're going with this. I agree. Because with again, you. it's like it's it's tangible, and you're able to kind of like find some way to sort of fight back against mm-hmm. it. And with the possession movie, you can't. No, sometimes they throw religion, but like in the end, it never works. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because again, it's it's a. It's not so much even the fact that like it's not even just like the religious context of it. And, like mm-hmm. the, it's the fact that you can't possibly comprehend or fight against whatever this force is. And it's the complete overriding of the self, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like it's you can be erased in this mm-hmm. thing. It's that is the erasure like of you. self, yeah. the erasure of control or having control over your own person and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like it's a very existential dread that I think like yeah. uh, kind of like permeates through like so many different things. Mm-hmm. I think that's honestly actually where like the paintings sort of came from. Yeah, really. um, because as a kid. Uh, that story came from like a bunch of different places. So like, well, that might be one of Jacob's questions. Let's mm-hmm. hold. Oh, okay, but but yeah, <laughs> yes, to, actually, so, okay. <laughs> but, no, but, like I think paranormal, like any possession and stuff. It's like all those movies, like. 
have a happy ending and then it does it <laughs> and that's the thing that's fucking scary because it's like wait a minute like I all of that. them were like praying they got the exorcist and stuff and like again as a catholic you're watching this and then because that force is still out, out there and then it turns out that like it's still there and it's like wait what they could come back like mm-hmm. like that shit's scary so mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree with yeah. you there like freaks me out ooh. <laughs> for, for shizzle for shizzle <laughs> The nizzle. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's play with the order here a bit. Uh, let's Ooh. go with PBJ first. <gasps> okay. Uh, just real quick. Uh, do you have a favorite horror movie? Not even the typical. It's like the horror movies that you like. Do you have a favorite one? Do I have a favorite one? Or even just like <laughs> a spooky movie, maybe? Spooky. Uh, oh, hold on. I'm trying to remember a good one that I, I like. It's uh, delightfully whimsy with some cute some cute little Halloween characters like Trick or Treat. Okay, come back to me. Let me think. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Victor. Hmm. Do you, your favorite horror movie. Of all time. Oh, man. That's a Do lot. it, oh. you coward. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> this is your true horror movie. Um, again, uh, just from context of like just what we were discussing earlier, like I think the film that has had the most impact on me that it's stuck with me probably the longest is Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. uh, followed probably by... Um, any of the Evil Dead movies, uh, Godzilla. Um, but yeah, Night of the Living Dead, uh, for a bunch of different reasons, is like one of my favorite horror films and just one of my favorite films of all time in general. So, Lupe, your favorite horror movie? Well, I was going to say Trick or Treat, but the main thing that like really got me into horror films was zombie movies. Mm. Yes. And technically resident evil the second one was the one that got me into it however when it comes to like zombie movies like my favorite one as much as i love night of the living dead it the 70s dawn of the dead yeah the first one i watched my uncle i mean it's one or the other with those two so so, good and like i'm a 70s girl like i love the 70s and 80s so that was a great time for horror dawn of the dead (laughs) dawn of the dead it's like that it's so good nice nice Con Ray Ray. I'm not sure if this counts, but Penn's Labyrinth is always one of my favorite scary movies. Okay. Penn's yeah. Labyrinth counts. It's also one of my favorite. Devil's yeah. Backbone's good. I don't know. I'm a big Guillermo del Toro fanboy. But uh, a recent favorite would be like, uh, I think it's called House on the Lake or something. Hmm. But I really, really like that movie. It's very, very strange. Is that the one with like the house is made out of puzzles? Yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah, something like that. It's not made out of puzzles. But, like, <laughs> it's like a... Man, a woman, a man and a woman are like staying in a house, and the man recently committed suicide, and mm-hmm. the woman's mourning her husband, and then also like discovers like there's this like near identical house, and this just came out like a few like yeah a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember those trailers, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's super weird, and it has one of those like happy ending, but wait, no, it's not actually a happy mm-hmm. ending, but it's it's really 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 good. If you want something that's like kind of more pure thriller with a monster in it i'd highly recommend uh, the house on the lake mm, interesting maybe i should check that out then mm-hmm. um Jacob, I, what about you i guess i would say um I, my yeah I, I guess i could say it's Shaun of the dead because <laughs> <laughs> i love how the three of us <laughs> picked zombie movies the zombies yeah, are just so zombies. good though it's very easily to access it's the most accessible for me i guess but with that movie just i just it's hilarious but it also was really scary so like warn me it, it's one of those movies that helped warm me up to horror so mm-hmm. but yeah 
Okay, okay wait, wait. I did, yeah. I did think of a movie. That oh, yeah, I did good. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but so this one is Disturbia, I think. Oh, Ooh, oh Disturbia is right? With Shia LaBeouf, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I loved it because, like, I would just love for him to say, like, I told you so. Like, I told you this guy is the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. This is, um, that one. And then there was another movie that I remember where it was the girl and she's babysitting a kid in this house. And then, like, somebody keeps calling her. When a stranger calls. Yeah. That one. Uh, there you go. Sorry. That one's a good one. <laughs> I was about to be like, like, the boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this movie. Yeah, that one. That one was also, like, a good one that mm-hmm. I, because that one also freaked me out, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, never again. <laughs> <laughs> never again. Okay. Uh, PBJ, you kind of answered this, but mm-hmm. if you want to explain more, uh, what inspired you to write this particular story? Ooh. And then, Victor, you could tell us what you were going to say. Okay, okay so <laughs> <it's good. laughs> Literally, I'm like, that's, that's a pretty easy question that Jay's probably going to have. Yeah. So, yeah, so this, uh, this story originally started in high school, and I think... I think it was like an English, like just like a little project that the teacher was like, oh, yeah, like, let's just write little essays. But I remember he told like he let my psychology teacher know, my AP psych teacher know, like, hey, like she has some like very scary thoughts. And then they pulled me aside and they were like, why are you writing this scary stuff? <laughs> and then I'm just like, well, this is like my worst fear. And yeah, so it was fine. But um, <laughs> I liked how I created a more. You and me both, Janine. Like, a, <laughs> like this is this is my nightmare. Like, this is what I would imagine. Um, but I think for this one, like this this upgraded story, like story 2.0, um, I was able to more to grow more like in, in depth and kind of just pick parts of Long Beach. Yeah. So I think just inspiring like what has happened in Long Beach and then just adding more to it. Like here's something that that is is, is on the verge. But yeah. Was the love interest inspired by Jacob Badia? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. well, I sure hope not. <laughs> I hope not. No, no, no. I'm not going to lie. I was so sad when it was like, oh, it turns out, you know, that he it was like, you know, and I was like, no. Um, oh. Sorry, yeah. No, there was a, a crush on the guy that I had in high school. Ah, oh. so I was like, this is way too brooding to be Jacob. That's There's a no good way. thing he ended up like that then. I'm glad his <laughs> eyes fell out of his head. I told, <laughs> I told her to be more gratuitous. With <laughs> that was my notes. Uh, I, I honestly believe it. I was like, yeah, kill me. Kill me really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kill me. <laughs> I ever thought it would be funny. I will uh, say, though, like, uh, I think the thing that I enjoyed about your story is, like, um, it touches on a bunch of like other like subgenres of fiction that I really enjoy, which is like, you know, sort of like that supernatural sort of like mystery sort of like mm-hmm. thing, but also set within like sort of like an urban Riverdale. context. I love those kind I of stories. That. Yeah, I, I love that. I was, I was like, this feels so much like a Riverdale like episode mm-hmm. to me in some way. And I, I'm like, I like Riverdale <laughs> a lot. I, I tried like, to get I into the it. the first season of Riverdale. Yeah, so After that, seasons. I could not. And then you have them dressing up in all pink and being a vigilante force. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm here for this too. <laughs> I tried to get in. I'm sorry. Riverdale I couldn't get into it. Riverdale was just too campy. Yeah, it's, I, I love the camp. I can live in it. I can thrive in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I like, again, like just sort of like that modern sort of like setting where it's mm-hmm. sort of like, but there's still like, especially like stuff where it's sort of like uh, the supernatural elements are like, Woven, especially like within like you know, cultures and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. indigenous culture. Mm-hmm. Like I love when fiction gets to play with that a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of like draw from like uh, cultural like folklore or mythology and yeah. sort of like right. bring that into the real yeah. world or like the the contemporary world, like and see how that mixes. Like that's always great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it's done right, because you know, there's sometimes people who don't know what they're like writing about. They're like, oh, I'm a 
put them in, but they like butcher it so bad, you mm-hmm. know? So it's nice that it's like very accurate, you know? You did your homework. I did. I and did. it shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more, which makes it more authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love your story so much because you have so much experience with like city planning and how the, mm-hmm. the city. Uh, shh, shh, shh. The, oh, right, right, right. Let it be known that Jacob is holding hands with. Uh, it's very, <laughs> with, it's very right with Victor. Yes. <laughs> Stop touching me like that. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, dinner first. Violating. He did buy you dinner. Oh, he did uh, buy me dinner. No. Yeah. Buy me second dinner. <laughs> You'll come around, Victor. You'll come around. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt me. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry I had to find out this way, PBJ. I'm sorry. It's okay. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, Victor, what inspired you oh, to write okay. this particular story? Um, well, first of all, because you asked me to, and I had to come up with something. Um, Besides that, <laughs> because you told me to. Because you told me to. <laughs> you told me to. No, um, it came from a couple of different sources. So like, you know, it came like as a kid, like I had this recurring nightmare of like being stuck in this house that I couldn't get out of for like the longest time. And then um, I was rewatching. And then also like uh, for the one of the other sources, like I was rewatching um, Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Also, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. And um, the adaptation they made of a Pickford's model, like the um, the story about like um, the paintings that that guy creates and how they sort of like create like this sort of like descent into madness. It's uh, adapted seen, from an HP Lovecraft. I haven't Lovecraft seen story. all of those yet. Like, oh, I, literally, I haven't like, seen any of them. It's a Blood good alert. one. You haven't seen any of them? I was too, when they came out last year, right? I, I couldn't, like Eric was always busy, so oh. I couldn't watch them with him. They're pretty, they're pretty they're, good ones. I was too scared to watch them by myself. Yeah. No, they're really fun. They're really cool. <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll like a lot of them. They're really cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like uh, there's one specific story that's like adapted from this like HP Lovecraft story about like, um, this guy's paintings that like induce like this sort of like madness because of like how like just horrifying like these paintings are and stuff like that. Classic, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's the idea of like that kind of like got thrown into there a little bit more too because I like the idea of like, okay, you're stuck in this house and there's like, you can't get out, but at the same time, there's something coming towards you Mm -hmm. and you don't know what it is and you can't move away from it because Mm -hmm. everything that you try to do ends up leading you towards it. It's like, it's this very horrifying fear of both not being able to get out of a thing but also the fact that like you're compelled and almost like pulled towards it and it's helpless and you have yeah and you, mm-hmm. it's helpless so you have no control like mm-hmm. again tapping into like this thing that i was kind of like talking about earlier with like you know possession movies and like part of the thing that makes something terrifying is like the loss of um f- will in terms of like what you're able to do uh being stricken of your identity your autonomy your agency like that's terrifying to me because the idea of like that is like it's one of those things that like to be like confronted with something beyond your comprehension or control like that's just like a very existential thing to sort of like have and it's like a real thing that a lot of people are very terrified of yeah and that's sort of like what kind of like drew me to that like what in made terms you, of like just writing that what made you think of like your monster your your this this woman who's breastfeeding this like terrifying <laughs> child well because in that story like um we're in like that like dream that I had like it was always like this like I always like was scared of like this old lady or whatever that mm-hmm. would see like in the corner of like the building or whatever like, mm-hmm. and I figured like well a lot of this also came from again inspiration from Guillermo where it's sort of like there's this like weird sort of like symbolism that Guillermo has in terms yeah. of just like uh like children and babies and sort of like that and stuff so I think the thing that like um I wanted to do something that like kind of like had like that little bit of like dread or whatever tear to it. Um, and then in the story, like 
uh, Joe, I originally was like writing a sort of like without like any specific like gender that was aligned to whatever. Yeah. And then like, because originally it was going to be like a screenplay and mm-hmm. I want to leave that open up to anybody. But once it became an actual story and it became a woman, it's like, well, what's something that a woman in like her like mid thirties would probably dread or be most a child. (laughs) (laughs) I can attest to that. Or, or or again, just like being a parent without wanting to, or like having that or whatever, like Mm. taken from them. And I guess parasite. Yeah. And I think that's just sort of like, kind of like, I kind of like latch on to them that that would probably be very terrifying. And then just the idea of like this, like living painting, that's almost sort of like, pulsating and like moving as it like gets closer it's like this like inevitability that she doesn't want to happen exactly yeah and then that's sort of like where the ending sort of came from as well Mm -hmm. it's like well how do i end this it's like well like that so i was curious are you implying like it's a loop like it's just gonna like restart um i kind of just thought it was sort of like just like i didn't really have like a context or like a plan for in terms like sort of like the setting because again it was a very stream of conscious sort of thing where it's where it's sort of like she woke up in this place yeah. and cannot get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that like there's really no explanation as to why it happened or why she's there. Is, um, is there escape? That's my question. Or, or is it restarting again? I don't think there is. I think she just she saw something she wasn't supposed to or she became terrified by something and then that latched on. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what led to that. Spooky. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, that painting right there is freaky. Too, <laughs> oh, it's called that's my uh, speaking secret meeting code. No, oh. it's called one. I know the artist too. I is. always, I always say that's Nancy Drew. It's not. <laughs> so there, that, that's what alleviated the fear from me. I'm like, it's 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 just Nancy Drew. Oh, okay. She's just on the, she's just on a mystery. I was like, you're telling me, and I was like, I swear that lady's moving up and down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, it's just, she's just investigating a mystery. I am it's very okay. sorry I'm by like, the I way if that actually did so terrify like, you. Like I, just, she's yeah, getting closer to Lupe. <laughs> JK, by the way, they're closer. <laughs> She's got light. <laughs> uh, what um, what inspired you to write this particular story? I love um, your story, by the way. It was a combination of things. Um, I had had this idea. I think me and my brothers, we do a lot of like what ifs when we're like watching movies. We're like, what if this happened? What if that happened? Like my brother loves to do of like who would win in like mm-hmm. this type of fight the like mm-hmm. the recent one that i've been saying a lot is in- invincible and homelander because of mortal Kombat. Oh, invincible mm-hmm. destroys homelander no yeah question. exactly so like it. we have these questions and so i'm used to that like kind of thinking of like what if what if what if and i don't remember exactly what triggered it but then i was like what if there was like a purge night and like you know we always see how everyone kind of like goes crazy on the purge but it's always like a those movies are like a commentary of like the government in america and like the social economics and stuff what's yeah. happening That's and i was part. it is <laughs> so and i'm very much like a fan of like slashers like it's the one thing that's always frightened me like that's what uh halloween as a kid like that's what creeped me out like serial killers like that's one of the things like along with ghosts that would keep me up at night so i was like well, you know, in Perjure, you're allowed to kill people. So wouldn't that be an interesting slasher where, like, you don't even know it's a Purge night and it's just your regular slasher movie, but, like, the twist is that it's the Purge, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like you literally can't do anything. Like, you can't call 911. No one's going to come help you. Like, you have to fend for yourself. And then I saw that as, like, a full, like, full-length feature. But then you had talked about doing this for the podcast and I thought I couldn't do it because I was busy with work. But then I went to the preview for HHN 
And then I saw the purge, the, I think it's called Afterwaters, their little show yeah. that they had. Mm. And it was so crazy because it was like, it was, first of all, it was super great. And I hope they bring it next year because it was so amazing <laughs> with their like effects and whatnot and their storytelling. But it was like a small subset of that purge thing. And it kind of like made me realize, oh, I could do a little skit, you know? And that's really what I did. And then as I was doing it, then I got the idea of like, wait a minute, like I could add some Edgar Allan Poe in this, which I did, like <laughs> Task of Amontillado type of thing, you know? So it was like a mixture of like stuff that I really liked. So, yeah. Yeah, I also just like the fact that like, especially with something like The Purge or whatever, like it's very ripe for like a bunch of like random stuff and stories that you can put within that universe. Yeah, there's so much that you like yeah. they could if they wanted to, which I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they do, mm-hmm. you know, but I was like, hey, yeah, why not have it like the twist that it's The Purge? Like, that's why I didn't want to call it like The Purge Halloween night. It's mm-hmm. like Halloween night. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm pretty sure they have like a set date, but it's like, why not if it's Halloween? You know, yeah, it could have happened any purge yeah, night or whatever. Exactly, and like, yeah, yeah. Just, that's yeah. the night they wanted to spice it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that they change nights. Yeah, I'm sure like they Easter should. Yeah, where it moves around. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's more disturbing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you guys hear? Purge falls on Christmas this year. Can you believe it? Ooh, Ooh damn! Like, did you get me any Christmas gifts? No. Oh, for out Christmas, the don't kill me, okay? Okay. <laughs> 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 totally gonna come. <laughs> I got a Christmas version for you. Anyway, Connery. Connery, what inspired you to write this? To write, it has teeth. Well, I just moved into my new house. Where we're recording from now. A lovely home. And I've been finding teeth. And I've been finding teeth everywhere. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Oh, no. No, no, no. no. Well, no, damn nothing, it. Nothing at all. I, I just, I remembered uh, Grayson gave the place a sage blessing, uh, my sister. Nice. And she was like, there are no ghosts here. Like you, Lupe, she's a little plugged in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I was, I was like, oh, that's a relief. Because a lot of, uh, like, a, just not like it was controlling my, like, life with it. But I was like... Mm-hmm. Oh man, it really sucked in my house with haunted because I, I do believe in like ghosts and stuff. And so I'm like, shit, that would really suck. And then I was having, tr- I was actually having trouble thinking of what, what to write for this for like mm-hmm. a little while. And then I was like, okay, I think I want to write something about like a house and something about like something in that house. And then from there, I was like, what would be the worst thing to possibly find in your house? And I'm like, probably teeth. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Just your log line isn't settling. No, thank you. Yeah, and it's like it's just a bunch of like just random teeth. Yeah, just don't know why or who they're from or what it's from, just yeah. and teeth. And then I I like making the monster. That was a very last minute like mm-hmm. design for it. Else I was so I was like, should you see the monster? I'm like, I want him to see the monster. I want to. And I like the idea of this thing like growing teeth and just like them falling out of its mouth instantly, mm-hmm. like some kind of horrible like nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is creepy. <laughs> I liked that in the story because in from your log line, I'm like, is he finding like regular people teeth? That's just mm-hmm. gross. But then in your story, you're like, I keep finding razor sharp teeth everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like canines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like serrated, like, like nothing human about this. Or it's like, everybody's like, oh, my kid, my kid lost a tooth. And it's like, oh no, that's not my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my cereal. Man, yeah. It's disturbing. Yeah. Just, just, I felt like being gross. And then for them, I'm like, oh, I can, you know, describe teeth in gross places for a little while. And then I have to end it. <laughs> What made you, did it take you a while to decide when you wanted to give voice to the creature? Uh, no, I love when monsters can talk. So <laughs> that, that's, that's an easy smog. choice for me. Like I, I love that smog can talk. Um, 
One of my favorite go-to examples is from a video game where I really like that um, the serp the world serpent can talk from the new God of War game. Mm. Like it was like <laughs> like he's like speaking some like frog like croaky voice, but in some ancient language nobody understands except for like Ymir. And I'm just like I I love that. Like when he talked, I was like, of of course he talks. Like that's so cool that he talks. <laughs> so. I've always liked that monsters can like have a voice and like speak even, which I like, even if it's like we can't understand them or we can't like fathom what they're thinking or or them just getting some point across to you personally. It's, it's just like, like I, I always think they should talk. I think it's scary. It kind of dips into a sort of like late HP Lovecraft sort of like vibe where it's sort of like you have like a comprehension of like what this creature is. Yeah. But it's only what you can possibly like physically comprehend of what yeah. it is there you know well, well you yeah. can glean from it exactly yeah. and like i again i i just always enjoy the idea of something like being able to communicate even if it's for like a brief instance or like i don't know like I, if he was talking the entire time it'd be lame but like the fact that it talks once it's it's just mechanics of screenwriting no 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 <laughs> like it, it's because it's cool like it was interesting and then you voice the monster, which you have an amazing voice yeah. acting <laughs> skills. So I'm like, this made it even more terrifying. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I always liked, I agree. I, I guess for me, it depends on the monster if it's cool that they're talking mm -hmm. or like in The Witch, I love yeah. that Black Phillip talks. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> I like the taste. Yes. Yeah. What does sound like to live deliciously? Deliciously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's yes. sometimes really cool when the monster talks. Like I'm glad mm -hmm. the monster, what's called um, the creature in um, Shape of Water, does not talk. I, I yeah. think if it talked, it'd kind of ruin it. Yeah, that's that. I agree too. Like yeah. I, I feel like it depends. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, it really is a hard call to make of of mm. like when you want if when and if you want your monster to talk at all. Yeah. Because sometimes it just shatters the illusion, and other times it adds another layer of like, what the fuck, this thing can talk. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it can ruin, and then it depends on what it's talking about. Yeah, or the story itself is too. Because like I feel like the cool thing about the thing I love about monsters in movies, however, mm -hmm. it's like you can go different directions with them in terms of like what they are. Like Godzilla is like my favorite monster and like movie character of all time because yeah. like he started off as like it started off as like a symbol of just like you know nature, nature, and like. The consequences of nuclear war and stuff like mm -hmm. that and like depending on the context now like he's an action hero but he's so expressive like that's the benefit <laughs> of godzilla he doesn't need to speak because he's so on screen and oh, yeah mm -hmm. and those suits are expressive and even yeah. the way the people choose to move in them or the yeah. way that like the creature's eyes move like right. in the that other Godzilla movie, the one of the newer ones, the first newer one where he fights like the gross looking uh, parasite things. Godzilla 2014. Godzilla 2014. Thank yeah. you. Um, he looks at um, kick ass like he's so annoyed when he's, like, knocked, <laughs> and he's, no, and he's knocked down. He's just like, are you OK? He's like, oh, my God, just let me do this. Like, this is, I can't right now. And he's just like stands back up again. Just like just uh, this annoyed God looking at an ass. Yeah. Like if they ever make Godzilla talk in any iteration, that's gonna be lame. I think. Yeah, oh, no. I will say the, but like I think, well, because like again, like especially like depending on the context or whatever the story is, mm -hmm. like the monster can always do something different. Like Shape of Water, the monster never spoke, but you understood everything that that monster was trying to exactly. convey and the importance of. He's it. expressive. There's a difference, like mm -hmm. body language. And then one of my favorite 
monster movies of all time is actually Peter Jackson's uh, adaptation of King Kong. Oh, dude. Uh, because Andy Serkis's performance as Kong so is amazing. Good. Yeah. Like, I, it is amazing, period. Yeah, period. I, I watched somebody play through that video game on YouTube the other day. Because I <laughs> hate that fucking, video game. You hate that video game? I hate that video game. It's so good. What I could never get about? past like the first 10 minutes of that freaking video Jacob, game. Jacob, it's so good. It's like <laughs> one of the best movie adaptation games ever. All I kept killing, all I had to keep using was a stick. It was so frustrating. Use the bones. It's so easy. <laughs> and then they break after three strikes. I had to keep getting bones. You throw them. You go like, boom, boom, I boom, wanted boom. unlimited ammo with the Tommy gun would have been so much more. Oh my god! Well, you can get that if you beat the game once. Oh my god! <laughs> but monsters are cool. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying it was King Kong's adaptation, yeah, because of that his his beautiful, beautiful face, yeah, and just the expression of it. It's like so again, you're able to do a lot with just like in terms mm-hmm. of like just whatever the creature is, and I think that's sort of the thing I like I love the most about monsters. Like depending on the story, you can do all kinds of stuff with them, or they yeah. can represent a bunch of different things to it, like. Sometimes they're the awful, terrible thing that you have to dread. Other times they're misunderstood, like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Jacob, um, what inspired you to write Paranormedics? Yeah, what inspired you to write the screenplay that you had all of us bombarded with and sat down to rehearse on those days? <laughs> oh, well, you know, it, it came in a fever dream, really. Jacob, what made you make your screenplay 55 pages long? 55 pages shorts. long. <laughs> it was supposed to be I, shorts, I, dude. I, I wrote it in one weekend. <laughs> wow. Yes. Look at Paul Thomas Anderson Listen, over here. Federico Very Fellini talented. over here. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally did. I literally thought this would be like, okay, this is going to be 30 pages. Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. let's not go. And then I just kept going and going and going. I was like, well, well, well crap. Now it's 55 pages long. <laughs> And this so is, this is your way. This is my way. And so <laughs> I mean, we still had a fun time, and it was great. But like, no. you fifty-five pages. I know. I and know. Thing, we can't say anything because you're in charge. You you get yeah. to you get to be the builder, man. <laughs> he couldn't break yeah. his own rules. He's allowed. Yeah. I didn't. His I show. Give, didn't I give everybody the heads up? Like, hey, no, you I did. Can't. No, you did. Yeah. You I, I already like, finished guys, my story. You told us you. Yeah. Were yeah I, I, I the said, day of. Yeah. If you guys want to extend it real quick before we record, that's fine. Hold on. Let me get. I have a couple of beats I can add into mine real quick. Just give me a second. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, I I wanted to write some scary stories for Halloween, and I wanted to invite more writers. And thank you, Victor. Thank you, PBJ, um, and Connery. Um, and Lupe. I, I know you had to be uh, absent for Star Wars What If, so this was, was your redemption. I was really yeah. sad about that. I was missing for that one. Well, don't worry. Lupe still has to write the rest of hers, and then we can have you do yours. Are we going back? Is that what we could go yeah. back. Jacob, what's the next I'm the boss. Episode? We could do whatever give, I want. Give us a sneak, a sneak peek. What's next? <laughs> no, we're not even done. Christmas edition. <laughs> no, hang on. We're still talking about paranormedics. Like, yeah. hang on. Yeah. 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 What inspired you? What Are you a first responder? <laughs> is this something we don't know about you? Uh, no, I, I he mean, is CPR certified though. I am. Oh, yes. I, so if I stop breathing, you can bring me back to life. I should be able to. So. I'm I need mouth to mouth. You have a higher up. chance of living after not breathing, but CPR certified my ass. <laughs> so the realism for paranormalics is thrown out the window immediately. There, as you can, as you were able to tell from the script, there is absolutely no realism. To, to, to this thing, There's a lot of references though. Yes, I try. It's all from what I know from like cop shows and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
How uh, many Halloween references are in um, Paranormal Medics, do you reckon? 57. No, I'm kidding. But there's a lot. Like yeah. there, there were quite a bit. I tried to count them. Oh, yeah. thank you. I, I liked the I liked being as homagey as I could. Like Yeah, it was fun. The names, um mm. yeah. Dave and Anna. So Anna is named after Anna Lily Ampor. Oh. The director of the girl walks, walks home alone, alone, alone at night. night. Yeah. There are some deep cuts in here. That's okay. a badass vampire story it is. that everybody should I, watch. I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. yeah. I really hope I got her. And, then, let me, and the other, Dave, I just owe it to her to say her name right. And then Dave is named after William Friedkin. William Friedkin's middle name is David. Oh. And he's the director of The Exorcist. Mm. There you go. I yes. thought with all the body and gratuity violence, I thought it was like David Cronenberg or something. <laughs> <laughs> That could have been it too. <laughs> I haven't watched enough David Cronenberg. He, he's a he's a palate. He's, he's a hard watch. Yeah, yeah. You have did to, he do like, Scanners? He did do Scanners. Yeah, that's the only yeah. movie of his that I've seen. Scanners, Existence, yeah. and then a bunch of other body. I, I actually really like Body too. Hard, but yeah. what was that one with Vigo that he did? Um, or that Crimes of a uh, Crimes of Humanity? No, Crimes of a Future or something like that. I forget. Yeah, Crimes yeah. of Future. That's what it is. Something oh, like that. and yeah. Hidden. Eastern Promises. Oh yeah, he did. He actually did some grounded action movies too. So mm. yeah, Eastern Promises and um, History of Violence. Oh yeah, he did a History of Violence. Yeah. Nice, cool. nice. Anna Lily Amirpour. 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 That's the director of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Check it out. It's a good. Um, one. But yeah, just it, one day I was just doing some free writing, and then it was around Halloween time last year. And then it was like, what about like paramedics who respond to like every single different type of like horror movie that happens? <laughs> like they're trying to take somebody who's possessed and then what happens next and what happens next? Kind of like how I did for my Star Wars what if of like, okay, well, what would happen next? And then what would happen next? And what would happen next? And kind of did the same thing here. And then I just, in the vein of Shaun of the Dead, I just wanted to do, I just wanted to have fun. I was just remembering one of Jordan Peele's bits of advice of follow the fun. Nice. And so I was just like, okay, well, I want them to do this. And then let's have like a vampire and a werewolf help them out. And then mm-hmm. let's have this like badass action scene with them, fight, with all of them fighting zombies. And then I, I don't know if you know the shakeup, but you wrote a starian before he even came out. I wrote a what? A starian from Baldur's Gate 3. He's also a sassy vampire. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. yeah, he is. There we yeah. go. Mm-hmm. There we go. See, just I'm so connected. Mm-hmm. I don't even know you it. Are. You are. <laughs> you're my friend. Thank you. But it's on Xbox now. Get it. <laughs> no. well, shameless plug for Baldur's Gate 3 because it needs it because it needs a game it of the needs year. a plug in obviously it's doing so terribly yeah. get it let me get the Xbox join me join me and me and Tyler's party in Baldur's Gate well yeah. you can join party yeah yeah. it's multiplayer Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> you know I think you have sold it to me <laughs> of course oh it's God. awesome anyway Jacob no yeah it was just something I wanted to have fun with and yeah just I'm, I'm, I invited everybody to make theirs to be shorts. I wanted mine to be short. <laughs> but, you know, if anybody did want it to be long, it would have been more than welcome. Spirit takes but you sometimes. It does. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we made what we made. We made what came to us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just this is a disclaimer right now. Moving forward in all of our episodes, if anybody <laughs> wants their story to be longer, you are more than welcome to. Okay. <laughs> Size doesn't matter here. <laughs> That's right. Every size is worthy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, lovely. Anyway, 
All right. Let's see here. I have 20 more questions. Oh, my um, God. Let's fucking go. Size right does better, I'm everybody. Get, I'm getting another glass of wine. <laughs> nah, the, uh, let's go back to original um, rotation. Okay. Uh, we're getting a little more self. We're going into the self here. Oh, my God. Um, Connery. Yes. What are you most self-conscious of when you write? I'm most self-conscious of when I write. Yes. Uh, other people. Other people? Yeah. Yeah? Like everyone is deep yeah. down, where it's like, what's it, what's what are people gonna think of this when they when they read it? Mm. So I think I think that's my answer. Other, other people, I guess, it's like if they'll like it or not. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Right. I'm somebody who deeply relies on the satisfa- satisfaction of others. So. I see. I see. It stems from being a dungeon master. It stems from being a writer. It's it's just you know you want everybody to have a good time. So is that why you're sometimes a little re- apprehensive of sharing your stories? I think so. Yes. Mm. Or when I get really excited to start, my eye starts twitching because I'm nervous. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, good tell. I'll keep, uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Uh, a, <laughs> well, my left twitching eye. Yeah, it's a tell I spotted years ago. Anyway, not, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. No, like, yeah. but it's just, well, just let me affirm to you, they mm. are worth sharing. Thank you. That's why I'm very happy you did this with us. I know. I, I, I really want to do the Star I, Trust me, I was so sad when I couldn't be there for the Star Wars. No, moment. yeah. I, I was, know. like, devastated. Yeah. And uh, I, I really like I really like the little. Sh- I, it wasn't even a story. It was honestly just like a, a pitch, if anything. But even from that story you made, it was like already captivating. That's well, why thank you. I can't wait for you to expand on it. Yeah, it's why. It's why I keep bugging you for like more like prompt <laughs> things. Where I'm like, yes. why aren't you doing this more? Like you, you like ride this. It's, it's a fun idea. I had yeah. so much fun doing it for this. I was like, yeah, like. Do it, do it more. <laughs> yes. Prompts definitely help for sure. They no, do, really. Sure. Like, that's why we're like, everyone writes whatever. I'm like, no, everyone really, really benefits when you, like, you give them a prompt. No, yeah. yeah. I th- I'm really liking, you know, giving us prompts and whatnot. And then hopefully once we have enough stories out there that will invite more people to come out. Like, Lupe already has a friend that might want to share a story okay. on here. Cool. And that's beautiful. And so, yeah, just we'll we'll keep at it with our little troop. And then that will encourage others to, to join the right. fold. That's that's the dream, right? That's how yeah. this stuff works. You'll get more and more and more, and then you got a cult in your hands. Exactly. <laughs> I love cults. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, ultimately that that's that's my that's my um, biggest insecurity is probably what other people think of it mm-hmm. when I, while I write it, and that's the thing I try to overcome every single time to be like, I'm just gonna make it. It's just for me, and that's right. mm-hmm. yes. that's how I've never overcome overcome it. And for anybody else who struggles with life, being like, am I any good at all? It's like, make it for you, and if you're happy, then that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very apt. Mm-hmm. Lupe, what are you the most self-conscious about? Um, I think the same as Connery, but more specifically, like, my word choices, what I use, how, like, sometimes, like, grammatic, like, how I do sentences, because I feel like I might have some, like, dyslexia or something like that. So sometimes the way I speak and sometimes, like, the sentences I say, like, they don't flow right. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, at Disneyland when I said double down and I did not know (laughs) what it meant, like, I used it the wrong way, like, (laughs) stuff like that where I, like, I get really self-conscious about them. I'm just like, am I using this right? Or am I doing this, like, am I adding too much, like, words to it? Do I need to, like, lessen the descriptive or do I need to be more descriptive? Or sometimes my mind thinks fast where I think I write down what I'm thinking and I don't and I'm already missing out some stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
little things like that. I, I use just way too much in all my things. That's something mm-hmm. I always notice where it's like, so I understand either way we're talking yeah. about like certain words. Yeah, there's certain like, words that I know yeah. I, I use a lot and I always like when I'm doing like my read through and I'm like, okay, I got to replace this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking for another word and it's like, well, shit, this word fits so well, but it's like, I can't use it again. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's a word that like, like terrifies me. Cause like I, I realize I use said it five like, times sometimes. Like, yeah. Instead of like, <laughs> <laughs> instead of like just making a very direct sort of like thing or like an analogy or whatever, like mm-hmm. like is very sort of like indirect and passive or whatever. Yeah. And it's something that I try to avoid instinctively. Like whenever I try to write. So it's really, really hard. It's do, hard. Especially it California. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> part of our our linguistic. I mean, vernacular, yeah, like, it's like yeah. our vernacular, man. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. like totally, man. I, I struggle <laughs> with that a lot. Just bringing back to DD, I would say it's like this or it's like that, mm-hmm. and you just, you have to be like no more like similar to like I'm saying like you know, much too Susie. It, <laughs> it, no, it longer becomes like like makes it sound like it's maybe it's it's sort of kind of. And then you have to be more like affirmative speaking. Where yeah. it's like, it is this and it mm. is that. And it looks like, th- and it looks exactly like this. Yeah. So, you know, it, it can, it comes across more wishy-washy, I guess. Be like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, anyway, like yeah. is a hard word. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Lupe. Was that it? Yeah, it was it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry I jumped in there. What? No, it's like, okay. Because yeah. like also as uh as like a first generation with my parents, like they didn't go to school here. Well, my mom mm-hmm. did, but like I, when it came to English and grammatic and stuff like that, it was like what I was learning in school. And I had difficulty understanding some concepts like, you know, like when it comes to like, uh, I remember English in seventh grade, we had to like diagram sentences, like the direct object and this and that. And it's like, I barely understood that. And so when it comes to writing, it's like, I feel so self-conscious about like the order of words. Cause you know, sometimes that affects what you're trying to say. And like, and then I get too into my head of like, Oh, what are people going to think? Well, should I write it like this? Maybe I should use a different word and stuff like that. So that's definitely one thing that I'm very like about. It's very immobilizing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Victor, besides like, what else are you self-conscious? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, no, again, just like reminder of like writing in the direct versus like the indirect or like the passive sort of like voice or whatever. Um, let's see. Mostly just, I think because structure is always like a pain in the butt, especially like for like a long, like I haven't done any like sort of like a long form narrative Mm -hmm. for the reason that like, I'm worried about like just getting the structure of it down properly. So that's definitely an insecurity, at least on my part in terms of just being able to branch out like a story for that long and being able to put in enough to carry that out. Mm-hmm. But also uh just a concern of like telling a story and then hoping that people will understand or like kind of like get what I'm trying to do with it. Yeah. Um just knowing that the the message is being conveyed across in a way that makes sense. So the theme uh, is very important yeah. to you. Yeah, it's like being, if somebody to, doesn't get it, you feel a bit. Yeah, to be to, yeah, if it's if it's not understood or if it just doesn't like click or whatever, then I feel like I've done something wrong or I haven't like done a good enough job in terms yeah. of like communicating what I could be doing or what I could be saying with the story. Mm-hmm. So that's something that does like, you know, I, I want to be able to make sure that whatever I say or whatever I put down it's communicated enough clearly that it's understood or that people, it gives people like something to think about and enumerate on. Okay. You know, or reflect on, you know, Mm -hmm. right. PBJ, what are you the most self-conscious of when you write either a story or 
an article or a paper. Okay, so because I had been writing papers for like the past two years finishing <laughs> my graduate program, I was very, um, I felt fresh in like writing a novelish story. Mm-hmm. So I was very self-conscious in saying like, okay, this is a story, but I'm trying to not write it like a paper and mm-hmm. do like, so my, in writing research, it's always making sure that the research that I use is correct and not, you know, hasn't been disproven or hasn't been like, too long because after a while you know research gets old so Mm. for me that's very very important like okay this is fresh research and the theory is still good but then in this one um i was most self-conscious like is this even scary Mm. because like i said i don't like scary stories so i'm over here wondering like well how can i make it scarier it takes a very scary turn which i feel like i'm listening Mm. to it it's very romantic that i was like oh wait he's getting yeah Yeah. and then i i realized i was like did i go too fast and then and then i'm realizing it's like i don't know how many pages and i'm like this is this is too long and i'm over here like okay well this is it they're just dead hey (laughs) i also under the under uh, operate under the do whatever you want dang kind of thing that that yeah. too yeah very good like screw it like structure save the cat yeah. it, it's all bullshit like mm-hmm. do whatever you want you'll you'll make something succinct in the words of captain barbosa they're more like guidelines <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly just as someone that like is also kind of like had like coming into this like from just doing like just like a couple of years of like nothing but academic writing and stuff like yeah. that mm-hmm. how refreshing was it for you to do something a little bit more creative and not grounded on something that, yeah i had to spend like weeks yeah, and months of like excited. research on like just, yeah where's yeah. my work excited page and and then not also not doing um so format right like mpa yeah. oh God, or apa yeah. what format did you use apa, APA. yeah yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So there's, there's always those formats like you have to make sure that it's cited correctly or that whatever you know statistics you're using is is very you know listed out so for me it was refreshing um nerve-wracking at the same time mm-hmm. because then i'm thinking like you you all are like film stars or like you know no, no yes like <laughs> very knowledgeable about your your film and your industry so for me i was like oh my goodness like these these people are experts on these <laughs> scary stories so for me that was my self-consciousness but Aww. yeah so thank you all for the well you did great and except, exceptional you. courage for just stepping out and doing Aww, that by the way you. like round thank of applause you. for you just <laughs> And remember, you are literally a master. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, Jacob, what are you most insecure about in your writing? Oh, oh God. Oh, you know you what? can't Nothing. say female leads. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I make amazing female leads. I love women so much. I love women. <laughs> uh, no, I think what I'm most self-conscious of, uh, probably around the vein of you, Connery, is mm. uh, criticism. I want to handle criticism better. Yeah. And so whenever I work on my stuff, I'm always trying to think of, I'm my first critic. So I write my stuff and then I'm like, well, does this make sense to me? No, you should do this. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. And then I change it. And then I just want to make sure I'm improving it enough to the point where I can give it to somebody else and they're able to agree with my criticisms or they're able to open my eyes to something I didn't realize. But sometimes, or most of the time, whenever somebody does try to give me a new perspective on something, I do my best to not get agitated of like, why didn't I think of that? How come they had to point that out to me? And then 
I do my best of like, oh, I, I actually, my biggest frustration with myself is getting frustrated that they didn't get what I was trying to deliver on the mm. first part. Mm. But that's exactly why I share my work with people to see if I was able to pull off what I wanted to pull off. And then when you guys tell me, no, you didn't, like I get mad at myself when I get mad that it didn't. And it's like, Jacob, when you're is, shouting at us, we know what you're really talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yes. so kind of like, again, sort of like the idea that like whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever it is that you want to say, like you want it to be understood or like you want yeah. it to sort of like land. And when it doesn't, it's like, and, and that's frustrating for for anybody. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. frankly, like that's that's not something that's like niche, I feel like. No, it, sure. It's it's yeah. like everybody struggles. Like, yeah. How, how, how come you didn't fucking get this? It's so obvious to mm-hmm. me. And right. it's, it's something yeah. everybody struggles with as a writer, or like a storyteller mm-hmm. in general is just like getting your ultimate point across so when somebody doesn't get it when it's so obvious to you it, right. it, be, it becomes a very like what, what, what do you what do you mean and, and sometimes those people are just a little, a little like you know dense and they don't know so keep, keep <laughs> well that I, I think well. that's like that's yeah. the where the big reconciliation of it sort of like comes from it's like the fact that like like you can write down a story and not everyone's going to get it. Yeah. So get and so that's so that's yeah. something like yeah. Exactly. But if nobody gets it, well then yeah. maybe yeah. that's one of those things. Where it's like yeah. okay, so maybe it's something that I need to go back and like fix the structure on or something. Yeah, like, that. so, like that's different. Yeah. Don't give yourself nightmares. I'm talking to you, listener. Don't give yourself nightmares if if one person's like, well, I didn't get it. If yeah. Majority of people understand what you're talking about. You that really person's like, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> not, not an idiot, probably, but just either doesn't have the life experience of sure. what you're talking or the about. Story is just not for them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not for them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I write, if I write a, another horror story, like, you know, don't 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 be offended, PBJ, but I probably have Victor read it and Connery read it. How could I, you? <laughs> <laughs> She's running out the door. <laughs> How dare. I would still have you do it, but I would send it to them first because then you could be like, well, this grammatically doesn't make sense or something like that. Oh, you're his editor? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Actually, I didn't I didn't read it before, huh? No. No, no. I think I just time. I think I just heard it first. Yeah. Although you no, you did send it to me. But then I was like, nah, I'm not gonna read this scary shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't wanna freak myself out. So I, I remember asking Karen, my girlfriend, if she wanted to read mine. She was like, Is it scary? I'm like, Yeah, it's kinda scary. She's like, I don't I don't she doesn't play with the horse. I'm with her. Yeah. It's very challenging to find people to proofread yourself if they're not into the genre. So yeah. that's that's another yeah. challenging part about writing this that, kind of that's stuff. That's why I was glad I could just read it myself because I'm like, oh, nobody cares if I'm just if I'm just reading my bad grammar. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but I also think that like, well, okay, well, gram- grammatically speaking, you do need to probably like have someone else read it just to like proofread yeah. it and stuff like that. But I think in terms of like, you know, like when you write a story and you're trying to find like if it lands or if that story like works, find someone else that's very enthusiastic about it yeah. and mm-hmm. they'll probably be the ones that have, give you a better read on what works and what doesn't and stuff like that. Yeah, it's and, very it's very important to have people mm-hmm. like that in your life that you can like bounce things off of and be like... Mm-hmm. is this good or is this doesn't need more work or like what's the vibe yeah and, and that's the thing also i'm like don't show it to too many too many people though because like you know then it just becomes like this endless like loop of you going back and back and back and back yeah. and back and back and back yeah have that have had that experience where it's just like well this person didn't like this well this person liked that but they didn't like that so it becomes this very confusing so, game yeah so it's so like you know write the story first to make sure that you like it first of yeah. all and then also uh anyone that you think might like it as well too like someone that likes that kind of story or mm-hmm. those kinds of like stories or whatever like right. you yeah. go to them for the, yeah. to help like proofread or like 
Give you suggestions. Yeah, have one or two advisors. Don't yeah. have like ten or twenty. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, then it gets muddled. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, when I, usually what I all the people I send my stuff to, everybody has relatively same interests, styles, or um, yeah. And then usually it's 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 kind of like an experiment I like to do. Kind of mm. like you guys are my own little focus group <laughs> of like. First of all, I always look for the denominating factor, like mm-hmm. what's everybody saying about my yeah. story? Like if everybody's saying I don't need this scene, then I really don't need this scene. Yeah. But, you know, there's some things that some people say that kind of contradict what another person say, and I just like try to mix and match. Mm-hmm. But uh, more so I'm looking for what's the most common thing people are saying. That's smart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. That's a little focus group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, like I, I'd say more than like four or five people that you're just like getting nonsense back. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time. But yeah. All right. So I have two more questions and then it's our lightning round. Okay. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, this one is kind of like... Uh, manifestation for us. Uh, so uh, we'll go with PBJ first. Uh, what is your dream adaptation, either for you to adapt or for someone else to adapt? Okay, so I don't, th- I don't know if it's a dream, dream, but the most recent novel that I had read was um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Uh, which is I think they made it to Prime, right? Yeah, they made yeah. it to a movie. I was gonna say that it's a movie, yeah. But they fucked it over. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. So my dream is for Jacob to rewrite the script because <laughs> like actually with the movie because Do it better. They, yeah, Do it better, like, just Jacob. Make it amazing. That's, that you could actually be my Christmas gift, please. Okay. <laughs> because, make it by Christmas. <laughs> yes. You got how many days? Twelve? Yeah. On the twelve days. A brand new script. <laughs> Exactly. On a partridge in a pear tree. Of course. Um, yeah, they, they messed it up. So I was so furious when I, when I finally saw the movie. I was so excited for it. And then I was like, what the hell? Like, you guys ruined it. So mm. that would be, I wouldn't write it, but you would. I could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Victor? Hmm. Let's see. There are a couple, I think, because I feel like there's like some stories where like there's an opportunity to make a decent adaptation out of it. I think the challenge with an adaptation is like, it has to be something that allows the work itself to stand on its own apart from the source material while still honoring it, mm-hmm. but also kind of like extending it a little bit more. So it's very, it's a very hard ground to sort of like land on. Sure. I think two of the things that come to mind because they're both like things that I would have wanted to adapt at some point uh, for myself. Um, Black Hole, Charles Burns' is a graphic novel. Oh, I that would so you. That's that so would good. be, yeah. an, well, just like for anyone to be able to like see that or whatever, like yeah. just to make like a cinematic thing. Like I feel like oh, yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah. Like yeah. just, it would be so weird and so out there, but mm-hmm. so interesting. Most yeah. definitely. And then um, there's this like a play from this uh, Spanish playwright, uh, Federico Francisco Lorca, mm-hmm. uh, Blood Wedding. Mm. I always like we read that uh, play when I was in high school and I loved it just because of like how weird and how sinister it was. But I had like this sort of like grand theatrical sort of like uh, epic sort of like thing, even though it was like grounded around like just sort of like this like almost this like uh, standoff, I think, between like, you know, um, the spouse of like this, the would be spouse of like this like husband and like the husband's like mother, basically, and sort of mm. like that. And I would like to see sort of like that play of that sort of like get kind of like built up in addition to like all this like folkloric supernatural sort of stuff get thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that like that would be like a very sort of like operatic thing to sort of like see done in like an A24 kind of style, you know? Yeah. Connor, you could do that one. Which one? 
the one that he just said? Blood Wedding? Oh, Blood Wedding? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wanted to do it. If you guys ever read the play, like, just, you know, I, I thought it was really good. I I enjoyed it. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, someone could probably make a pretty decent adaptation out of it for, like, yeah. a moment. It'd be great. I bet. Sounds, sounds cool. badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lupe, what's your dream adaptation you would like to see or if you would like to do? So this one's the one that I've been like in my head, but it's a book called uh, Rampant. It's a trilogy. I don't remember the other two books, but it focuses on a girl who her like bloodline. uh, They have to hunt unicorns because the unicorns attack them because they're virgins. (gasps) Yes, it's a really good good, uh, (laughs) series. And it's like. I, I, from what I remember, I believe they're like a kind of cult and it's like their main thing is to hunt these unicorns because I think they're That's like, really cool. yeah, and it's, it's so good. And I remember like my uncle and his wife got me it for Christmas and like, I've, I've loved the books. I have them right now. And it's funny because I just looked it up to remember like the name on Amazon. It's like 80 bucks for the book. Oh, what? Shoot. I know, but it's a good series. Is it on know. Kindle? I think it is on Kindle. Hopefully it is. But it's it's a good series. You want to borrow the books, I can get Thank you. Yeah, but um, nice. if, from what I remember, I feel like the books were kind of, I don't know if they were a little pro-abstinence because the whole deal is that like you have these like, mm. not powers, but they're like badass like killers and whatnot oh, that's of those why. unicorns. That, I was going to say, I yeah, like it's there's like, a way around this, but no, the fact that there must be some struggle that they can't. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, no. And I think it's because they're like blood calls for it. So like the, the book starts with like her making out with her boyfriend in the woods and then the unicorn attacks them. And I think the unicorn <laughs> either like murders the boyfriend or like hurts him really bad and then she has to go off to like Rome and like they have to learn how to like fight these unicorns and it's like that would be a really cool like adaptation to see that would be beaten up a horse that's all you (laughs) unicorn but they're evil unicorns if they're attacking the people they have the horn Connery I know (laughs) that's all you Lupin that's all you uh Connery, I th- I think I know already, but tell us. Okay, well, my favorite idea of ideal adaptation was Invincible, but that's already been made. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yes, but I think they did a great job with it, though. They're doing exceptional. Everyone's learning why Invincible is one of my favorite superheroes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know what's coming. And I, I know everything that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to wet their pants. But, <laughs> That's cool. Especially everyone's being real mean to Omni Man. I'm like, well, your tune's gonna change pretty soon. But, <laughs> but uh, he did horrible. That train sequence. So I was like, man, mm-hmm. fuck me. Gosh, didn't do that in the comic. That's really irredeemable. Um, but uh, I would like to adapt um, this one called Ultra. This comic called Ultra Mega by uh, James Heron. and that one's really really good. It's uh, basically about. Uh, kind of like kaiju fights and like set the uh, kaiju, kaiju win and I take over the series. world. It's yeah, it's series. so good. I love Ultra Mega. Brilliant. And uh, the other one would be, what came to mind right now was Glitter Bomb, which is this story about a woman who gets possessed by this like alien thing that craves attention, but also like despises like the Hollywood like trope of like being famous. So it's this really kind of like flipped coin where she's like, she wants to be famous so bad, and this thing's like, no, we're going to hunt down and kill famous people. <laughs> and so, like, nice. yeah, so she becomes this, like, creepy alien hybrid thing that's a very much more of a commentary on, like, the Hollywood movie-making mm. system, that's which cool. is... That's a book or that's a comic? It's a comic book, yeah, Glitter oh. Bomb. Mm. 
Glitter Bun. It's an older one, and not older, older, but I feel like 2016, 2017. Oh, okay. There's like, I think the, the first one's the best, and the sequel is just kind of like, bleh, but the first volume is the best uh-huh. one. Uh-huh. And then my real ideal is I Batman, of course. And I, <laughs> I want to do a comic book of Batman really, really bad at least oh, yeah. some point in my life. <laughs> yes. You know. Ooh, a Hellboy comic. That's that's my... Hellboy's yours? Yes. Mm, yeah. Hellboy. Yeah, I've, I'm always so like... Mike Mignola Hellboy is so like... I don't know. Or like I, I need him to be drawing it or, and writing it or else mm-hmm. I don't read it. Yeah. It just it doesn't work. Like Even like the movies, it's like... The Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro one's amazing. Perfect. But I think at the end of the day, like an animated series with like the Magnolia style, like that's the thing that I really want. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think the thing that everyone wants. Yeah. That really loves the comic. It's just that. Yeah. But Batman's on my list. Like I remember uh, I was, what was it? I was... One of my friends like, oh, we're doing we're doing this like mask superhero game for like a off week for our normal D and D thing, and I was really excited. And then I was like, I kind of hit me. I was like, oh my god, this is just like a tool for fan fiction, basically, where you make all your friends participate in your fan fiction because you can mm-hmm. set it in like a superhero universe. Uh, and I was I was like, I do have a Batman story. I really really do want to tell, but you know, I I do it if we had a superhero theme, and I it mine would be very very oh. long. <laughs> Hey, maybe that's an idea Good. for like a later episode of this, like just like a superhero prompts. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. That's, that's the third time I've heard that suggestion. Oh, well, I need to listen means. to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> if people like superheroes. We like it's comic true. books. It's we true. need a, we need room to do that, man. Yeah, we need that out. I know I've been bro. developing mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jacob, what, yes. what what are you desperate to adapt? Saga. Oh, Saga would be good. I keep hearing that has like a thing at HBO or somewhere. I heard that was the last thing I heard. Yeah. And I don't know what's with all this transitioning to Discovery and all that. I'm sure it's like lost in the void, but I want to see it be adapted today with, with, and I want some very badass people part of it, or I would like to adapt it. What would who do you have a cast idea of who you want it to be as like Marco and I don't I don't have cast ideas yeah. but I do have director ideas mm. like Hiro Mirai would be Ooh. great for Saga he did he's done a lot of great he directed a lot of episodes of Barry oh, okay cool and Atlanta Atlanta mm. and he's made some mm-hmm. amazing music videos and he did some episodes on Station Eleven this other HBO show he, that guy's really good are you all up to date on Saga or you just you have that like that complete one. I'm rereading the compendium, yeah. but I have, I'm, nice. not up, I'm not updated to it yet. That's wild. <laughs> it's already so wild. Wild. And gets, <laughs> he doesn't stop. They, they don't stop. It doesn't stop. Yeah, they, they don't stop. <laughs> we can't stop. Connery, mm. what is your favorite advice that you have ever received about writing? Ooh. The plot doesn't matter. Well, did you hear that from David O. Russell or what? No, I heard that from uh, my screenwriting teacher. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Reed. Reed. Yeah. I I really like that. Um, to me, writing has always just been about if you can't, what we've been talking about, if, you, if the movie doesn't have a point beyond just the plot, then it can be fun. It can be like a movie, but it's not going to stick with you. It's not going to resonate. It's not going to remain there. Mm-hmm. Like... I think it's really, really important to start with something you want to say, whether it's really simple, like love triumphs overall, or whether it's really like more complex, like what does it mean to be human or like what's a soul? 
and you can like go from there like like what knows like it's a pixar movie where it's like what if a soul were a person what feelings are a person like you know you can make it as simple or as complex as you want as long as you are adhering to that theme and the story kind of to me really flows naturally from that or if you have this central like peg that you stick it and then everything else kind of bleeds out from there where it's like okay as long as i am staying true to this central thing and this point it will make sense and it will all be kind of like okay and whether i'm trying to say this central thing is bad or the central thing is good mm. then that that's that yeah i like that because it speaks so much to i think something that i think is very important with like just like any kind of like a story or whatever like just like in terms of like how successful a story is to like an audience whoever like mm -hmm. if you as a person that's telling the story don't buy it or don't believe in it the audience isn't going to either yeah. because they're not they are not going to buy into it either if you don't have that absolutely the best stories are the ones where the storytellers the writers the directors whoever that make them they believe in their heart of hearts like what the story is trying to do or what the story is about yeah. and convey that in a way to the audience to make it work yeah if they don't buy that or if they don't buy into it or whatever then you lose that yeah so, so basically just just have passion have something to say and say it don't beat me over don't beat people over the head with it but mm -hmm. but but say it and yeah yeah, sir. <laughs> and everything will go from there and you'll find it a very easy thing to write when you have a central idea. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Apt. Apt. Indubitably. Indubitably. No, very much agree though, Connery. Thank you. Oh. Uh, Lupe, what is the favorite piece of writing advice you've ever received? I don't remember who told it to me, but it was always, even if I don't have time to like write pages or anything, just being able to write anything you know, like in any time that like, cause you know how they tell us like, you know, you should be writing every day, mm -hmm. like at least some pages sure, or something. Sure. Yeah. But you know, like life happens <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. Sometimes you got mental yeah. health. Oh yeah. Yes. So like just even being able to write like in your journal, like that would be considered mm -hmm. some type of writing or, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Some people have said even writing like to-do lists or something like just being able to flow like your words because for me it's always like i said with my insecurities it's like how words are connected so being able to write anytime and not really like not be too into myself like damn i didn't do my writing today you know like at least i did some writing and being able to like still practice that craft of like you know word usage like uh at work sometimes i like use like very like sat words but it's like i I need to still use these words, you know? You gotta flex and, a bit. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I forgot. I think I called someone, like, they were very duplicitous, and they're like, ooh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like, when am I gonna use these words? Sometimes I'm not writing, so, mm -hmm. like, for me, even speaking and, like, practicing, like, the verbiage of it, too, it's like, like, that's, to me, like, practicing my writing in some weird way. One of my friends called somebody a petulant once, and I was oh. like, I've never heard anybody petulant. call anybody petulant yeah. before. <laughs> I felt like that hit so it's like, hard. like, my parents spent so much on private schooling. Like, I should be able to still use those words I learned. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. So six-syllable words that hurt the hardest. <laughs> I write emails every day, so I'm writing every day. <laughs> Even at work, I have the emails, too, and I make them flowy, yeah. too. You know, like, yeah. I got to to do that writing mm -hmm. oh, yeah i do i'd be very creative in saying no <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of ways to say no yes and you're wrong language. yeah unfortunately, so no. many ways yeah uh, <laughs> victor what yeah. is 
a favorite piece of writing advice you ever received? So one of the things that I gravitate, it was something I kind of alluded to, like when I was like, um, when Connery made his point is too, it's like, um, just understanding your story. And that means understanding, you know, what the story is about or the kind of story that it is understanding your characters and what's important to them. Like really having a good understanding of all of that in order to convey it, because without that you get lost in everything else or you get lost in trying to sensationalize or trying to add other stuff to it. Mm -hmm. There are films and there are stories where it tries too hard to do a bunch of different things that it loses itself or loses the core of what it's trying to do or what it was in the first place. And you can tell what those are because you get lost in them or you don't care for them. The stakes get lost. You don't buy into the characters as much. But if you're able to hone hone in on at least one of those things, at least hone in on what's important to like your characters or what's important to like the setting or whatever of it, you won't get lost in that regard and you're able to find your way back to it. Mm. So that's kind of like the thing that I think I, I think is most important. It's having your story sort of like laid out enough in a way that you understand what it is and what you're trying to do with it. And then everything else hopefully sort of like falls into place as you kind of explore it a little bit more. Nice. Drew, also very apt. Uh, PBJ? Uh, so one of my professors had told me about parsimony and how like you just have to be efficient and succinct, right? Because if you want to change policy, like one politician is not going to care about all the statistics <laughs> and like, not, like you have to just get to the point. So... Um, that's what I was kind of going for, but then I added a little bunch of other stuff. So, and <laughs> then I succinct. Yeah, I was yeah, you like, I got to the point. Yeah. I killed the guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that one that one's also nice because sometimes people try to fluff and elaborate, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't work out. So it's like, no, like the simpler the better. Yeah, get yeah. straight to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. keep it simple. That's way. probably the thing that irritates me the most too. Where it's like these, these dance around the same thing. It's like, oh my god, we've talked about this for like eight pages. Yeah. We just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Just kill him. Just kill him. <laughs> just get him. Just kill him. What about you? Oh, for me? You. Uh, <laughs> you. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. It's, yeah, it was Jordan Peele's advice of, yeah, follow the fun, where more in the vein, again, of what all of you are saying of like, you know, you have something you want to write about and you're too worried about like, well, how is it going to fit together? Does it work? Is it, is it going to do this? You just, you just write it, mm-hmm. right? Like what Lupa was talking about, you just write it down and then you just don't worry about the structure and the mm-hmm. plot and you just follow the fun. You follow what you want the, you follow where you want the story to go. You follow your desire of what you want the characters to do next of, of like you write the movie you want to watch, which I've also heard from Denis Villeneuve and Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. our number one fans over here. <laughs> Love you, Guillermo. Sponsored mm-hmm. our podcast, <laughs> and then maybe franchise while you're at. It. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, I feel like he sponsored this for the franchise. Honestly, <laughs> no, it's both, both. This is protein. I'm not taking a sponsorship without him <laughs> taking your uh, sponsoring. Your oh, that's a very poor decision. <laughs> <laughs> He's too nice. I'm too nice. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, as co co founder of the franchise, don't do that. <laughs> Get a uh, chance to sell out. Sell out. Do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> You're selling it to Grimwood del Toro. You win. <laughs> yes. But uh, but yeah, just follow the fun. Um, follow like if you 
because you know some it's like I had talked about this in last episode with Lupe of how there's times there's stories I've written where I'm like super excited about it in the beginning and then like my spark for it dies out and then mm -hmm. I end up not finishing it and then for the Star Wars script for this script which is why I wanted to I kept going with it and I didn't mm -hmm. limit I know making it longer is because I just was following where the story was taking me yeah. and I was following like what I wanted, what these characters are doing, what I wanted more of and from it was these characters. Fun. And it was fun. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. And, you know, but that can, and that doesn't even have to, and it's not like that only sticks to like action movies or comedies or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, like, you know, Aaron Sorkin, he writes political thrillers mm -hmm. and he loves that. He he thinks that's he, funny. He does yeah. it so good. He like the newsroom so is so like I love well, newsroom. I just started yeah. newsroom and it is very it's good. Really good. And the social network and he makes really great. He has really great dialogue mm -hmm. and like it feels kinetic. Yeah. Yeah. He's and, a playwright, so I feel like he mm -hmm, he uses yeah. that where it's like you know theater instead of like film speak where it's like this this that exactly. it's like quick. I feel like this is this is inspired me to say I had this thing on the tip of my tongue. I think this is a good segue. Like, do you all ever struggle with like? a certain scene where like you know you have to have this like thing coming and you're kind of just like dreading having to like write it yeah uh, i mean well because it's like you have the idea in your head but it's like finding the way to make it flow in a way that doesn't feel mm -hmm. forced. yeah it's, it's like, like when you when, yeah. you when you were telling like find the fun where it's like I, at least at least this is a, a, a like really recent experience for me i guess not recent i think a few like a year ago when i was writing uh my comic book i was i was like coming up to this like big funeral scene and i was like this is going to be really, really hard to write because I'm going to have to be very, like, poignant. I'm going to have to be very, like, insightful. So I it really had to, like, get in, the, get in, like, the headspace of, like, you know, it, it's going to be heavy. And, like, so yeah, it's, like, yeah. you have to kind of be in that heavy space. And I remember I was, like, not looking forward to doing it. I was there for, like, probably maybe, like, two or three days just, like, being, like, writing that whole, like, let's call, like, uh, what's, the, what's the thing that the... The eulogy so, eulogy yeah this like eulogy basically and i was like i was like this is it was something i really wasn't looking forward to doing but i'm mean, doing it but like it was just such so much like crunch doing it like and i was wondering do you guys ever have those like moments of like writing something and knowing there's something coming up that you're just really not looking forward to <laughs> i think it for a lot of it it really did oh hey Oh, you snoring. No, he's he's sorry. <laughs> he's knocked out. Oh. Snoring Too baby. Much joy. <laughs> I think a lot of it, like, um, it really sort of, like, for me, like, it very much depends very much on, like, the story and kind of, like, mm -hmm. when you map it out, like, where you want it to go. Yeah. But there are some things, especially, like, when it comes from, like, a very personal place. Mm -hmm. A lot of that, I think, especially comes from the fact that, like, especially, like, for stories that are very close to you and close to home. Yeah. In terms of just, like, the themes and, like, where they come from. That can be very in daunting in like the regard of like pulling that up and also trying to find a way to make that communicate that in the most effective way possible to folks that realistically probably don't have that or mm -hmm. don't know where that kind of experience comes from. Yeah. So it's a very specific, specific feeling. Anybody else? Or, or? Well, I was dreading writing the scary part. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, here it comes. You're, you're <laughs> dreading writing the murder and yet you wrote yeah. it so well. You did. <laughs> I think. I don't think I've ever had that experience. With it's kind of me remind your your experience kind of reminded me of George R. R. Martin. How he was dreading writing the word "reading." Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the closest for me in regards to your experience is 
there have been times where I brought. I really hope this doesn't make me sound conceited, but you know, I'm, I'm writing a really poignant scene. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a scene that really hits home, and then I like I brought I made myself cry. <laughs> so th- that's I think that's the closest I get because it's because usually when I'm writing, it's like free form a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like there's some scenes I have in mind that I want to get to, and then yeah, there's been I'm pretty sure there's a couple even in Paranormetics. There's probably been a couple scenes where I'm like, and then I could have that happen. Oh man, that might be kind of diff, kind of rough. Like probably the scenes where um, Anna and Dave are talking to each mm-hmm. other when they're like helping each other deal with their traumas. Yeah, mm-hmm. those ones. Well, oh, I look forward to writing those kind of scenes actually because mm-hmm. I love writing out the humanity of the characters. Yeah, but I have I haven't had that happen to me yet where I'm like, oh, okay. man, that's gonna be hard. But yeah, I have brought myself. Like it's been hard writing something as it came to me. Yeah, I I just like to say that it's really, I don't know for for me it's always like especially that where it's like this is like the thing that's going to like yeah launch, your mood yeah launch <laughs> like it's it's gonna one ruin my mood for the day because <laughs> I'm gonna be sad now and two it's like especially that scene for my book was like the focal point for the whole series so I was like this has to like really 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 like bring home the point and like why this character is about to do what they're going to do. And uh, so it was just this like very stressful scene to me of being like, I hope to God it works out. This works and makes sense. I think it will just from how you're speaking of how you wrote it. I think it's going to be very powerful. Oh yeah. My artist told me it made sense. So I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I struggle with that in the sense of like, because when I, outline my stories it's like okay i want this to happen and then i want this to happen and then i want this to happen and i want this to happen like and then the cause and effect Mm -hmm. it's when i do that my scripts end up being like 20 pages and it's like i want this to be a feature length so i gotta add Mm -hmm. more fluff to it but it still has to work with the story and not just be bullshit scenes and that's where i like i'm like i'm dreading it because it's like Mm -hmm. well shit now i have to come up with something it's like is it gonna be good is it gonna hurt the story is it gonna like actually better the story and mm-hmm. then i second guess myself and it's like and then it comes to like i get it too into my head and it's like well do i really want to keep writing this because clearly it's not going to work if it's this short and it's clearly not ready yeah. so in that sense i do struggle with that a lot mm-hmm. yeah i think like if it's something that seems like important to the character or something important to like the setting itself or whatever like it's never like a waste or like fluff or anything like that because it's always going to build something so that's something that like I have to remind myself too, especially like when I feel like I'm coming short in like a story, or whatever. It's like it doesn't have to necessarily seem like it's wasting anything else. What it does is it adds a little more dimensions or depth to it. So I feel like looking at it in that regard helps a lot more because what you're doing is you're not necessarily like providing fluff or anything like that, or whatever. It's like you're expanding and building upon sort of like this a little bit more because you have base layers and foundations and stuff like that, but you still got to set up everything else to make everything sort of like set so right um all right so we're gonna do our speed round Ooh. um these questions are inspired by a certain actor studio connery yeah what <laughs> is your favorite word mm, relax nice lupe what's your favorite word this is one that you know all too well because we would do this or say this word out loud in college <clears throat> Penis. Oh, <laughs> Penis is your favorite word. I like saying that out loud. <laughs> like, 
like Jacob can attest to it. We'd say penis a lot in Long Beach. Would you guys yep. play the penis so game? Were yeah, guys, we would. That was you, weirdos? Yeah. That <laughs> it was us. me, Jacob, and Sean. You, know? you guys really do like the penis. Yeah, we would. I would, lo- so I would lose. Yeah. <laughs> Sean was always the winner. Sean, she, I feel yeah, like Sean, Sean would always win that. Yeah. Sean would just scream penis in the middle of class. He did not give the class. It was out in the quad. the quad. That's easy. You got to do it in class. Do it in class, you coward. Hey, kids, do it in class. <laughs> Victor, your favorite word. This is going to sound corny. Hope. Aww. Love it. That's Hope? not corny. Hope. Hope, Hope is oh. good. Hulk. Is 2003. <laughs> <laughs> it is corny, yes, but it's, no, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. All my favorite stories are all kind of like centered to a degree around that concept. So. Mm. Hope. Uh, PBJ? I like moist because everybody hates it. <laughs> uh, real contrarian. Like my best friend just hates that word, and I I like to mess with her. Moist. <laughs> moist. Well, this is for her. Moist. Toilette. Toilet. <laughs> toilet. Mine toilet. Is... Moist toilet. Mm, yeah. A moist toilet. <laughs> uh, mine's is imagine. Oh, imagine all the people. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> Connery, uh. what is your least favorite word? Pibbles. Oh, all right. <laughs> Lupe, what is your least favorite word? Restaurant. Restaurant? Yeah, I have oh, trouble spelling spell? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Uh, yeah, that's like, it. Stop auto kicking to restraint. Why would I say <laughs> that? <laughs> Where does the U go? <laughs> Uh, Victor, what's your least favorite word? Um, just, I guess, because of the context and the way that it's used and how it's applied to a bunch of different things. Nice. Nice. Okay. Nice. I always like to say that I'm kind and not nice because I feel like nice is different. Yeah, nice adds like it's yeah. Like nice has nice ulterior. guy TM. Nice yeah, has ulterior motives. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's never sense. like whenever something's nice, it's never not. It's never genuine. Yeah. Uh, so mm, I concur. Mm. PBJ, your least favorite okay. word? Um, I hate words that I can't pronounce really good. Mm. As an ESL kid, I in the word that we were just saying in the car, compartmentalize. 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 Yes. <laughs> I feel you. I have a master's degree, and I can't say that. Word. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it. That's okay. What's your least favorite word, Jacob? Uh, failure. Oh, mm. Mm. imagine mm. failure. Imagine Damn. Failure. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> I combined the words. Uh, oh, my God. Connery, mm. interpret this however you want. Okay. What turns you on? Um, what turns me on creatively. Okay. Because that's the actual it, wrestling yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> that's the wrestling question is uh, some some kind of either media or book that I find inspiring. Like, uh, I can always cite, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips as somebody that always turn me on in that sense or inspire me to write something really cool. Cause they are, they write the ultimate dude books is what I call them where it's just (laughs) like, Oh yeah. Like this is like a guy and he's solving a mystery and he's a guy. (laughs) 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 Like that's literally what it is. Like reckless is like one of my favorite books out right now. And it's literally about, it's so cliche, (laughs) but it's so like, it's like really good, like pulp mystery and just like fun. And like, it just feels like, 
dialogue's I'm, cool. And the dialogue's cool. It's just, they just know, like, Ed Brooker knows how to write cool. Mm-hmm. Sean Phillips knows how to draw cool. Like, they just can, like, oh, yeah. walk the walk and talk the talk. And you just believe every word and scene that's being written down there. The so art is beautiful. They're, they're always a pair that inspire me. And uh, so I, 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 it's something like that. Or, like, yeah. I don't know, like, God of War Ragnarok I found inspiring. Or, right, right, right. It can be anything as long as it gives me kind of like big joy. Armored Core gave me a lot of joy recently. That was a I'm big looking deal forward for to that giving me joy. I, you really gonna play it? Eventually. Okay. Eventually. Never. Soon. Right. Soon. 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 <laughs> Lupe, what turns you on creatively? Um, intense emotion. So like stories that are films that are like really centered with emotion and like very much character arcs. Um, I'm very into like coming of age and I feel like a lot of people when they think coming of age they think oh that means adulthood but it's like sometimes there's adults who still haven't come to age like they still haven't done that like you know I know a few Failure to launch. Kind of, yeah. I feel so called out. Not <laughs> you. Kidding, kidding, kidding. They're actually a lot older than you. <laughs> no, but yeah, like a lot of those stories, because it's like I like to be able to relate to them, and that's what I like to write because as a storyteller, I feel like that's kind of our obligation to kind of set this like theme of like what do we think of life, and it's like. I want people like the emotional response that I have for movies and stories. I want people to have that with the things that I write. So any type of stories like that, like, like we were talking about, uh, the Hulk 2004, like that left, like those movies that like leave me like weirdly emotional. Like mm-hmm. I love those movies. Revenge of the Sith yeah. did that for me. Oh, it's like, I don't know if it's like that, like kind of dreadfulness. Like I, like it's weird, but it's like these movies. Tragedy. That, yeah, like it's very emotional. And even though Oppenheimer, I've given nine hours of my life for that movie. <laughs> wow, I've seen it, I've seen it three times. times. Yep. Damn, I'm yeah. probably gonna see it a fourth time since it's coming back to IMAX. Hell yeah! Because okay. I just, I don't know. It's just I haven't met anybody yeah, really, so really like that movie yet. So I really cool. love it, and it's just because of how much it's very character driven. Mm. You know, so I, I just, I love that. Nice, great dialogue in it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By that, by that, uh, Victor. What turns you on creatively? <laughs> I like, I'm I'm a huge like fan of like mythology and just like um like old myths and stories and fairy tales and stuff like that. Yeah. So anything that pulls elements or symbolism or themes from those kinds of stories and gets woven in, like I love stories that have like just like this sort of like sense of like where they're able to pull from like all of these older like classic like myths or themes or stories and like find a way to weave them into the narrative in a way. Like those are always like stories i like i hark on to and stuff like that do you like or hate american gods i had high hopes for the series mm-hmm. when it came out because i liked the book a yeah. lot it's one of my favorite books okay that's all i really need to know then because i was like i was like either he hates the book american gods or he loves it i love him well because it's neil gaiman and he's yeah. just fantastic at like doing that mm-hmm. he's able to pull from like all these like mythologies and stuff like that and be able to weave into yeah. like the sandman is quite possibly one of my favorite graphic novel oh, series dude. of all time i read that again during over, over quarantine <laughs> <laughs> i read that again over quarantine and i and i i cried at the end it was so good. yeah yeah it's yeah but stories like that i mean guillermo del toro as well too like mm-hmm. he just loaded with so much symbolism and imagery from different cultures and mythologies like when you're able to pull stuff from like that and then pull it into like stories like yeah. i love those kind of things so mm-hmm. become supercharged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Supercharge Omega. Uh, <laughs> uh, PBJ, what turns you on creatively? 
um, a deadline. Oh. <laughs> no, that's good. Then that's that's, yeah. that's like badass. if you if you think about it, like you have to write something. So I'm hearing you guys all you you all want to write or you, or you all write stuff, but I think like the focus was like you have to have this by this date. Yeah. That's why I like mm-hmm. this a lot, right? So it, it was it was good, and yeah. I told Jacob you need to give me a soft deadline and a and a de- hard deadline. Yeah, because I am a procrastinator. <laughs> yes, and I'm literally like the night before, just like typing away, like <laughs> you know, super inspired from all the anxiety. So I'm just ah! like, this is great. This is great. This so. is great. <laughs> because otherwise, that story is just gonna like sit there, and you're yeah, not gonna be able to do anything go. with it. Yeah, totally. no deadlines are great. Very uh-huh. good, Jacob. What turns you on creatively? I think collaboration. I love hearing about filmmakers, how they all collaborate with each other and they all maintain their humility. Like, yeah, it was all me. You know, I gave all the final say and, you know, everybody needed my permit. No, it, you know, like case in point, I'm going to use Oppenheimer and Barbie where you got Christopher Nolan, Greta Gerwig. Neither of them are saying, yeah, like it was, you know, all me. Both of them are like, I had an amazing set decorator. I had an amazing prop person. I had an amazing cast. I had an amazing writing partner. I had, you know, they just, they worked so hard to collaborate with everybody to make sure they helped guide this beautiful movie in both regards. And that's just what, that's what I love. Because that's why I love movies. Because I love collaborating with people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that thing of authorship is, is like relatively... It depends who you ask. No, I, I think like, like even like relatively for, an illusion. Yeah, no, even for folks that like have like that auteur sort of like thing, whatever, it's like I feel like the better one, the better storytellers in that regard, like they do recognize the fact that like especially for like films and stuff like that, like it's a collaborative process. Like you need to rely on a bunch of different folks yeah. with a bunch of different skill sets to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that love is very evident in, in this show, Jacob, because what, what is this if not a constant collaboration? Yeah. Exactly. You literally are bringing so many people together to tell stories and mm-hmm. stuff. So they want to do what I love exactly. and I love all of you. Mm-hmm. So it just mm-hmm. made sense. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next question. Let's make it a little quicker. What sound or noise Connery do you love? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that's gross. Cut that. Uh, I just thought, like, oh my God, out of context, that's probably horrible. Um, yeah. Laughter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tapped. Lupe, what sound or noise do you love? Um, Just randomly, just because it's comfort, the little ring sound from Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Good one. Uh, Victor? Uh. A pot of coffee being freshly brewed in the morning. Mm, like Always just like a nice, like just... That know, like... Blah, 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 bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> I could smell it right now. Yeah. Mm, like the, roast. The Roasty. Mm-hmm. Um, PBJ? Uh, rain. What? Oh. Rain? Oh, rain. Mm-hmm. I thought you said brain. <laughs> brain. Yeah. Just squishy <laughs> brains. Brain go burr. Oh. Yeah. burr. <laughs> what about you, Jacob? <laughs> Jacob, what's your favorite sound? Uh, same as you. Laughter. Aww. Does anybody remember Laughter. I do. Here, let's switch the sounds. I mean, let's switch the rotation a bit. Okay. Fast, fast, fast. What, uh, PVJ, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, I hate the um, nails on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor? Uh, styrofoam. Just like the oh, sound of like styrofoam sound? sort of like oh, yeah. when it's you like, rub against it or something like that. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's eerie. Mm-hmm. Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Any kind of grinding sound. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mine's is crying in pain. Oh, mm. I love that. 
that's what also turns me on creatively. Creatively. Oh my god. Connery. What? What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. You stole mine. Yeah, fuck. No, that was mine. Is all of ours? No, 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 no. My my actual favorite one is shit, I think. I, I use shit the most. <laughs> you shit? <laughs> what the little, shit is I this? I say you little shit or oh shit or oh, shit, 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 shit. You shit. do. You do say that. I say that. shit a lot. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to curse for a really, really long time, <laughs> so I, I like using cuss word, cuss words a oh, lot. Yeah. No, yeah. And Lupe I like fuck, but Kiki Palmer, her video where she, they ask her that question and she's like, fuck, because you can use it any way. And she like does it in all these genres. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I think hers was motherfucker. But still, yeah. I like fuck. It's good. Go. Honestly, yeah, fuck. It's like mm-hmm. it's you can use it in a bunch of different ways. Ah. You can use it in a bunch of different contexts and stuff like that. It's just it's a nice yeah. yeah. It's volatile. Yeah. And phonetically, it just it just it's fuck. nice. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> also, bastard. <laughs> you can use it like in a lot of ways. Like yeah. you can say like, "Damn, bitch," but then you can also be like, "Bitch." Yep. <laughs> so. And yes, mine is fuck too. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, PBJ, hmm. what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, I think in another life I would have been a journalist. Oh. I totally thought you were. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm. Thank She's you. not. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> Taking down the system. She will. She will. <laughs> they can't know. Victor, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I mean, well... Currently, I work as an elementary school librarian. I feel like uh, if I were to go like branch out from that, because I'm trying to, I feel like the thing I would like to do is like you know just find obscure, rare books and stuff for uh, eccentric millionaires and stuff like mm-hmm. that for their own personal library collections. Yeah, eighty thousand dollars to go into uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little that kind of stuff. Joke. Just travel the world, find rare books, bring them back. You're yeah. like Johnny Depp in Inferno. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, the, that one, that one movie where he was like looking for that book or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was called Forget Inferno. I think I forget oh, what yeah. it's called. The name of that Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, sequel? that's what I was thinking. There's a Da Vinci Code sequel called Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Not Dante's. There's Dante Inferno the video game. <laughs> <laughs> I forget I what it's know. called. It's, it's, it's gonna called yeah something. It's something fire. Yeah, but I know what the book. Mm-hmm. I know what that movie is yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, kind of like that. I guess. Yeah, that'd be cool. Arcane Secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lupita, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I think a photographer. Ooh. Yeah, that's one thing. Lupe I, Parker. Yeah. I know in high school, that's one of the things. It was either writer or screenwriter or photographer. And then I was trying to get into music, but these fingers are too tiny for some instruments. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> So like National Geographic kind of like photography, like kind of just like probably a photojournalist, yeah, or concert photographer, but like also photojournalist. Like I would have loved to have gotten some photos for Spin, any of those magazines, yeah. Like behind the scenes, sort of like live, show, yeah, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, video game designer or a therapist. Ooh, mostly I, I I say more so that I video game therapist, video game therapist, video, video game, game therapist. therapist. Ooh, video game therapy would be good. <laughs> like they're playing games. And it's like, tell me how you feel. There's probably hey, there you, you is probably like a feel yeah, for exactly. that. Yeah. yeah, you might want to look into that. Yeah, no, but what's I, I always say in the life I'm probably a therapist, so that's the one I say more so. Mm. 
you know, Connery, you and I were like the same person in another life because that's what I would want to be. That's <laughs> a therapist? A, psycho- really? a, psych- a psychologist, therapist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Connery, what profession would you not like to do? Mm-hmm. We'll be as respectful as possible. Yeah, I was like, this is a hard one. I don't want to be mean to anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's just some jobs that, like, I know I don't have a temperament for. Something that I personally would not like to do. Let me, let me try to be creative with this. Something I wouldn't actively not like. I don't think I'd be good at sound things like what Jose does mm-hmm. because I would immediately crack under. I think that's, so, that's such a high pressure mm-hmm. thing because without you, nothing can work. And I think that really, really gets to me. <laughs> so it'd be very too high stress for me. I see. Yeah. Good sound will make or break a production Absolutely. of any sort. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why Jose Ibarra is really, really good at it. <laughs> plug, uh, plug in for Jose Ibarra. My brother. <laughs> he sounds great. <laughs> Lupita? Um, I think a politician, just because you have that moral responsibility to work for the public, but then there's also the, like, game that you have to play mm-hmm. to, you know, get funding and stuff like that. And it's like... That would be fucking hard. Like, I know I would, if I were to ever be a politician, I would want to, like, still stay to my beliefs. But it's, like, at the same time, like, you got to do some stuff for money or sometimes you got to, like, agree with someone's, like, little bill so that they can help you with your bill. And it's, like, sometimes they sneak shit in the bill where it's, like, you don't want the main thing even though there's something good that you want. So that, I feel like I would fucking, like, die of a heart attack because it sounds so stressful. Mm-hmm. But Lupe, same. 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Victor. Um, I think, well, just because of, like, the brief exposure I sort of had, like, just, like, within that line of work, within the line of work that I have now, and then also just, like, just because I know that, like, I just wouldn't be able to handle it like just because of like the person that I am um anything to do with like child psychology or like social work that uh, involving like children whoever like mm. in, in very stressful like places whoever like it's just that's a lot of stress and that's a lot of like that takes a lot of heart to do like I don't oh. think I would be able to be able to do that and like not be able to keep my head about it um yeah. Yeah. that's a very stressful job with a very immediate sort of like stuff whoever like you know like people like depend on it and you know for something like that like i couldn't do something like that they're the real superheroes for sure for sure oh my god and not paid nearly as much as they should be (laughs) pbj um i wouldn't be able to do anything like a nurse or doctor because i can't see blood so if y'all start bleeding, I'm out. Touchingaron, you're fucked. I'm not touching you. So, Bye. so when we do start working on one of these like horror like stories and make like a short out of it, like an independent, like we're not having her on set just for no. health and safety. It's she, fake. Uh, just cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> if we're doing a good job, she can't tell the difference, and that's going to be why she can't be on set. Oh. That's true, I guess. Uh, along the lines of Victor, I don't want to be that person that uh, the person that has to do the supervising for when the parent has to do supervised visitation. Oh, I don't want yeah, that job. That'd be hard. Damn. Which yeah. is probably a social worker. Yeah. yeah. In that yeah. Rain, yeah. That all right. Final one. Okay, I was going to say, are we okay. going fast? <laughs> uh, and you can pass if you want. Um, Connery, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You beautiful boy, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I don't know. How fitting. Like, I, maybe in actuality, something along the lines of like, uh, uh, not like we've been expecting you because that's like, that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, like Titanic, you know, yeah, and they're waiting for her. Yeah, or, or, it's, or it's like, oh, good, you died right on time. <laughs> uh, Come join us on the ship. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I never imagined God being there greeting me at the pearly gates. I just don't think that's his job. Um, mm. That's Peter's job. That's, yeah, that's Saint, Saint Peter's Peter. job. Yeah, and even then, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, I kind of have other people I want to see right now. Like, thanks, <laughs> bye. Like, I got a dip. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, we have everybody waiting for you. Oh. That, that might, that probably is the best thing I'd want to hear. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Lupe. God, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I want a motherfucking apology from the man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lupe? On his knees. Oh. Yeah. Move what? out of the way before the lightning strikes. <laughs> I was going to say that that probably wouldn't happen. But, <laughs> no, wouldn't, wouldn't. but one can dream. <laughs> uh, Victor? Um, I mean, I, I would hope that God would not be like they're waiting because I feel like there'd be like a million other things I'd rather they would probably want to like address or be like well, he's omnipotent so yeah. yeah I guess he's everywhere and everything yeah he's like he could be here and there I mean just That's the like weird thing about like a long God. conversation like because I would have like uh so many questions I would probably need to like have answered like yeah that you have unlimited time so yeah. set an appointment. <laughs> moment i walk in i'm gonna have a full docket just like hey look i got so many questions you gotta hit me up with dude i'm pretty sure you just be like yeah you and the last guy let's talk <laughs> <laughs> i got all the time in the world literally it's well, like i have infinite yeah. time let's, i let's am time <laughs> uh, pbj so I would nope. I would like him to say you're late because that would mean that I had a long life. Aww. But then I would really want him to say your dogs are waiting for you. Aww. Aww. <laughs> you're late to me always sounds like I tried to eat you so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and he missed. Yes. <laughs> you missed my fucking dog. <laughs> Gabriel with that no scope. Oh my god! One eight one three sixty turn no scope. I'm not even imagining the little angel. It's like the the like Full Old Testament light. angel. It's like the big the eye big with the sniper thing. rifle. You know? yeah. No, guys, because Noob Master sixty nine still has probably a higher like crit score. Like well, his, his KD so. ratio is higher than Gabriel. Oh but. my god! Oh man! Oh, god. man. Every time, yes, I still my kill. I'm the one you all call out to. Uh, and mine's would be, "Don't be afraid." Oh, classic. Which is written 365 times in the Bible. Way. Sounds about right. I guess yeah. they're freaking people out a lot. Yeah. Well, those <laughs> angels were creepy, and then like you're hearing voices, it's like, yeah, you would be scared. So yeah, especially if we're talking like like with the actual biblically accurate angels, yeah. like they're gonna be. Uh, I mean, yeah. was it Moses that saw the like bush light on fire? Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. that shit would scare me. Like the fuck, they no one started that fire. I love Prince of Egypt. <laughs> and, yeah. and then Mary gets the memo like, "Hey, you got knocked up," and she's like, "The fuck, like yeah. how?" <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. Oh, my God. Well, everyone, that is the end of our questions. Woo. 
Thank you all so much for your time. You are all creative geniuses. I can't wait for the next story that I enlist you all for, and hopefully a new writer can join us Ooh. next time, but we shall yeah. see. That one will probably also be two or three episodes long and <laughs> three episodes long uh, discussion afterwards. If, if y'all want to write a two-hour-long story, I'm down. Jake, just like that hard content for me, baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I win. Anyway. <laughs> I'm like, he wins when you do that. <laughs> So the rest of us are like, we got to read a two-hour thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Connery will have to do five voices for each of the screens. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, always my pleasure. But always. Jacob, do you have a tease for what's next? Uh, I think I'm leaning... No, not yet. Because no. I'm good. still bouncing between ideas. Yeah, that's all good. Like, there was... I really actually like the idea of us writing in a genre we're not comfortable with mm. Mm. like i'm not comfortable with political thrillers like i don't think i could write those goods that would challenge me and then mm. connery there's what genre didn't you like that you said action or something yeah i right. would say action would be me too yeah. oh i was yeah. right comedy uh <laughs> is, comedy is like very hard to sort of like write for because like it's very subjective and like yeah. just mm. like finding like where it lands and it's stuff. difficult to be funny on purpose yeah <laughs> See, I'm an egotistical. I know I can write some <laughs> Exactly. So maybe that, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, Connery, what do you have to plug? Well, 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 well. I know that a majority of the people in this room have been on a lovely little show called The Franchise, hosted by myself and the wonderful Tyler Dennering. Tyler. Tyler. Hello. Um, it is a movie franchise podcast for me and Tyler and all of our other friends every week talk about a movie series. We just finished covering Resident Evil. We're doing Godzilla. We did Res we did Evil Dead. We're doing Godzilla hot right now. We just did Shin Godzilla on our last episode and we're going to be talking Godzilla minus one very soon with one Victor. Yay. And listen to our treacherous saga of Transformers. Yes. <laughs> But but yeah, check out the franchise. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. It's on the Apple Podcast app. It's, we're we're pretty prevalent everywhere. But so just look for us and you'll find us. And there you go, Lupe. What do you have to plug? <clears throat> oh God, <gasps> penis. Oh. Oh, Good plug. <laughs> Victor, what do you have to plug? Say penis. Uh, if you want to follow me on any social media, my handle is the Kaiju Sleeps. Um, also, um, <clears throat> sorry, got some, got something stuck in my throat here. Just in, <clears throat> it's a penis. Uh, it's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talked really well for a penis stuck in. You should probably make it all sizes are accepted here. <laughs> You should probably make a disclaimer to your audience to listen to this with headphones. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even know. <laughs> uh, PBJ, is there anything you would like to plug? Yes, register to vote because the only thing scarier than these scary stories are is a government that does not respect the will of its people. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, snaps Act. all around. Snaps all around. indubitably. And I am plugging in this show. Everybody, <laughs> enjoy. And thank you all to our writers again. And always remember, you are worthy. Penis! <laughs> <laughs>